Art, welcome back to Saganas Podcast. <laughs> Today we have <clears throat> the absolute best episode lined up for you. Isn't that right, Zach? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not really too much to it. Uh, we have our good friend Jacob on board. Hello, I'm here to defend Stalinism. Uh, okay, we didn't agree for him to say that, but no, um, um, <laughs> he he's a. Um, He's a anti-fascist, uh, communist, I believe he described himself as. Yes. Yes. And there are different types of communism, no? That is true. You, did your, you did your research. Okay. Very impressed. Marxism, Stalinism, yeah. communism, so, Leninism. So are you a Stalinist? Uh, no. That was what we would call a, a cheeky joke. Okay. Edgy. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I think I would mostly describe myself as a, you know, a leftist without adjectives, but I'm definitely on the radical left, and I think I, I take my few radical groundwork and my political groundwork from Marx's text primarily. But I'm also very uh, inspired by anarchist thinkers like uh, Pyotr Kropotkin and the Conquest of Bread. So it's it, and I have some admiration for some Marxist-Leninist thinkers like Che Guevara, but but mostly I take my groundwork from an independent analysis of uh, of the groundwork of Marxism and some anarchist texts. Uh, and I wouldn't, of course, I would also say that there are even like some Marxist-Leninists that I would be opposed to because I actually think Stalinism was bad and that it was not bad only because, you know, it killed people, but also because it failed to live up to what socialism is definitionally if we look at Marxist ideas and, uh, and ideals. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> you just raised this the level of this podcast by at least 20. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> So as you can hear, it's a different podcast indeed, because usually when it's just me and Zach, we um, just fun and games and we'll talk about stuff we don't really know anything about. But today we have Jacob, who, we, is, uh, who actually knows his shit. Um, he is uh, quite knowledgeable about the stuff he believes in and it's going to be interesting. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. And, and, and <clears> it's going to be very interesting because um, me and Simon, I mean, we do take local politics, but we don't really know shit about... No, no, we're the bottom <laughs> at the class. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're definitely at yeah. the very bottom. I can, I can talk about... I don't even know what I can talk about in politics. I can talk about the Trump administration a little bit, but that's a, that's about the skills of uh, of my global politics. Planetary security. Yes, I believe you said yes, on the previous yes. podcast. Um, globalization. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. yeah. Uh, Political violent conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Radicalization. <laughs> I, I've heard from yeah, your class yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then of course the most uh, the most important thing you learn in global politics is. Uh, Hello there. Hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a bit of hello a stale there. meme, I think. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Oh. Well, the first the first one, hello there, is actually general Kenobi meme. From oh, yeah. Star Wars. And I combined yeah, it yeah, with, okay. with hello. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> um, Won't be that different from the normal podcast, as you can already true, tell. True, true. Um, I think this podcast is going to be interesting because finally we have someone to challenge me and Zach. And. Uh, Maybe you've heard um, me especially make a bunch of jokes about hating communists and that they're disgusting and stuff like that. That is obviously just all fun and games because I don't necessarily hate communists. You just disagree with them. And I think they're disgusting. But <laughs> no, 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 no. For the first time in a, in a long time, we're going to have a civil discussion. And as I said to Jacob before the podcast, I think we agree on many things. So, I actually think the the point of having Jacoby is actually to dispute a lot of our points. Um, yeah, but actually, we tend 
I think we tend to agree on a lot of things. There are some some very major differences, though, in in the way we see things. But yep. mostly, we 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 do end up agreeing on on stuff. I think. Um, I think I would also say that um, at least that's what I like to believe. Then I when when I discuss most stuff with centrists or the bourgeoisie, whatever you want to call it. I think what I arrive at most often is that we, we, we share common values on democracy, anti-racism, mm. equality, stuff like that. But we just have different ways of defining them. Mm. And when we get down to the definitions of what we're actually talking about and saying, then we actually realize that, wow, actually, maybe these ideological fo- points that we think are so far apart are actually closer to one another than we than we think. That's at least what I'd like to believe, at least. That's a, that's a very clever way of putting it. Um, it would have taken me 20 years to come up with that transcript. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyways, we have actually school-related stuff first. Let's get that shit out of the way. Because I want to talk about something that I'm very agitated about. I see I see. Ibe, I get an event. Uh, Chindini has invited you to an Ibe party. I'm like, yeah. New Ibic party. It's it's hopefully not going to be a shit th- th- theme. I'm going to go anyways. It's going to be fun. Casino Royale for charity. Drink responsibly. Those two... Whoa, <laughs> drink responsibly and Ibic parties do not go along. And also, it's it's we've been waiting for an Ibic party, like an actual party for a little while. I mean, th- we might talk shit about them on the podcast... But, I mean, I still end up going because people go to these things. Yeah, of course. But then, you know, and, and then we've been waiting for some something like this for so long, like a new Ibic party. And then it's a fucking Casino Royale. Like, I get the idea is good. It all goes to charity and all that. But like the James Bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Right. But, but, yeah, exactly. Oh, the one with the Danish actor as the villain? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. La, la chiffre, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally, the number. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mets? but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've, I just look forward to another Ibic party. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have one between this Casino Royale and uh, what's it called? Burnout. Um, yeah. Very fucking unfortunate, but such are things. Uh, I don't know if that's just my opinion, but I mean, when I saw that notification, happiness flew through my veins. But then. When I see it's Casino Royale and we're not allowed to get hammered and just have fun and go party and we can't go party because there's actual like music and stuff. Oh, I got a little bit disappointed, I must admit. You sound a bit agitated with the situation. Oh yeah, I am definitely am. I would say I'm at least a 9 out of 10 agitation right now. Okay. Um, well, I'm the... <clears throat> I don't even like parties that much. I just... I, I know it's a weird thing to say, but I I enjoy just sitting home playing. I just I just don't like parties. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's a personality trait or something with my ears, but because I have bad hearing. Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me. Out. Mm-hmm. I have I have really bad hearing, right? So, and I I've had that my entire life. So when I'm at a party and the music is really loud, that's fine. But if people then try to talk to me in any way, I'm like, just stop. I'm oh, yeah, but that's just pretty fucking normal, actually. Because yeah. whenever I try to talk to someone at a party, uh, I can't hear myself. And I don't know what the person is answering. <laughs> if I ask someone a question, I expect a response. But I don't necessarily expect to 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 hear the response or understand what they're saying. So I'll just say, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or something like that. And even if the music isn't that loud, then if they try and have a conversation with me, I'm just like, don't. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not going to enjoy this because <laughs> I can't hear you well enough. Yeah. I can hear what you're saying, but 
So it's less of an issue with parties and more of an issue with people trying to, to bring that shit into parties that you're not looking for. Exactly. It's one or the other. I think Ludacris yeah. made a song about that, um, I think called Get Back, where he said, why are you talking and saying a whole lot of shit I ain't trying to hear? Man, can't you see we in the club? Yo, shut the fuck up. I think that's essentially the that's point you're trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a fucking, how the fuck do you remember that? <laughs> Listen to a lot of Ludacris. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the king of the soccer moms. You know, ladies ladies love him, right? Because of his gangster ways. I mean, 45-year-old single women who live in Kentucky love him. Um, Kentucky's I don't big think state. What? I, I didn't say Kentucky was a state, did I? No. No. No, I, no, I don't think he argued that. I think he said that Kentucky is a big state. Oh. So that's like a lot of potential ludicrous fans mm. because Kentucky's Okay, so sorry. Yeah. I completely misread you there. I think Kentucky no. is an interesting claim to come up with because he has the song called Area Codes where he mentions all the places he has women he has sex with. So it would be funny to compare it to like Area Codes if he mentions the Kentucky Area Code. Anyway, back to parties. That could be a good math IA. Oh, that would be a good math <laughs> IA. Like what's the... I don't think you'd be allowed fuck, to do why that. why did I not do that? <laughs> not gonna lie. You weren't even allowed to code. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're not going to be allowed to fucking <laughs> yeah I'm doing a, a ludicrous song for my math <laughs> and what are you doing oh. with it I'm just analyzing the area codes and the lyrics I'm sorry. Uh, I don't what get. are these area codes uh, it's, it's, it's a state in which he has sex with women right oh yeah okay you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, oh yeah if Zach bought some candy and it's very sour so yeah no I just got something Sorry. I'm glad you learned the word sour, Simon. I've had uh, experiences where you used the term angry instead, which led to some interesting terminology like little angries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you done that? Yeah, but on purpose. It's not because I don't know the word sour. It's, uh, sour. <laughs> it's uh, you know, the Danish alcohol smells sour. Mm. I just call that little angries. Yeah, yeah little angries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel as we're off track. I think we're discussing the casino thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, fuck that if anybody shows up you're not gonna see us except Zach no I'm not gonna either I'm actually going to Uland I would rather fucking spend two nights out with a cow in the field here's what I would have hoped the last episode where we brought up IPAC which wasn't the last episode but the last episode we did that the people who listened to that was Mattis he was in the group of people who listened to it he's not an IPAC anymore oh He's lost all power. The king has lost his yeah, throne. Yeah, the third eye got kicked out a little bit ago, I think. I'm pretty sure, at least. I think they have so an Instagram. Why did like Chandini that. send the invitation? I don't know. She's like, I don't know. I mean, Chandini's fucking mental. I mean, you know Chandini. She... She's mentally in second eye? Regardless. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would dispute that. I, I, I stand Chan, okay? Yeah, I like Chan too. Right, right. I, think, I think it's pretty hard to hate on Chandini. She's... Uh, I mean, first of all, that wasn't my point. I I would have hoped that somebody in IBAC would have listened to that episode and be like, oh, these boys are really onto something. But instead, they decided to make something even worse. worse. (laughs) I think think there's two problems with your logic there. Number one, you're relying on the idea that the the new second IBAC members comprise a majority, like a big part of your audience. And number two, you're relying on the the idea that they listen to you as an authority. I think even when both of those statements are true. I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, the where, fucking, where? Sorry, go on. If Undina is an eye bag, 
then those statements are true. That is true, and we we well, know through memes. Can we repeat those she, statements? I think I missed something. Oh, the two statements are, number one, the second nine members of IBEC comprise a big part of your audience. Number two is they consider you an authority on parties and how to organize them. And Those are the two <clears throat> statements that have to be like true for the logic of that Simon was coming up with for that to work. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm lost, <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> I'm absolutely uh, should lost. we move on to I name? actually I wanna, I have a point that okay, I want to bring up about the party. Uh, I think... And I'm not an, an expert organizer on parties or no. a big party expert in general. I can only bring up like <laughs> my own thoughts about it. So so don't 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 get too mad if I if I flex and say some shit. Um, this is a no flex zone, Jacob. That's true. This is a no flex zone, and I will try to I will try to prevent myself from doing some flex execution. Thank you. Um, anyway, my point was. Um, I think that the expectations as to what a party and what IBEC should organize is going to be what's an issue here. Because the expectations that IBEC have put forward are clearly, as per the description, this will be a formal event, don't mm. get quote-unquote wasted, etc., etc. And I think the issue with that is that either you'll have a lot of people not show up because that's what they seek in IBEC activities, mm. or you'll have a lot of people show up regardless and do that stuff anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that either way is a bit bad. Mm. Um, I mean, I like the idea... Uh, right, but you know the the whole thing, the whole fucking reason there is an IBEC is to just fucking forget about school for a little bit and and go meet some people, go meet the people from your school, but outside of school context. Yeah. Right, and then it's just this fucking like I like casinos, I like fucking poker, um, but I would still not go to this because it's just I don't want to. I mean, if I wanted to go play fucking poker, I'd go to Las Vegas or Copenhagen, like all these places. Two places that are completely comparable. In every single way, as we no, know. No, but at least, they, at, least in, cool. <laughs> at least in Copenhagen, we have actual casinos and stuff, and it's just it's way more of an experience. Where this is just why can't we just have a fucking normal ass party? Or party? here's my opinion. Go on. I know I'm probably going to be alone here, but oh, they on. should have. Why mix it up? Either you have a completely crazy party, or you have a completely formal party where you show up in the nicest clothes you have, and mm. there's dinner, and you you crack a couple of cold ones with the boys. There's waiters with wine. I would enjoy that. Or the complete opposite, just get fucking hammered. Oh, fuck. I would. I actually, actually fucking. I like that notion. I like that notion. <laughs> well, I second yeah. that notion. Uh, as they say in uh, say. Uni, yeah. I think. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I think maybe that's a good second topic to go on to before we get into the heavy stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was something. You, what the fuck did we discuss about Muni? You made some allegations towards Muni. Oh, the Muni. fucking meme. Well, that, and oh, then yeah, also sorry, just what on, you said on the podcast. I think not that I'm going to be here and be very uh, prissy offended. I'm just going <laughs> to you. You said I think it was that Muni is was it? It's low effort uh, with low payoff. And you kind of ridiculed it a bit, and you then you said a bunch of stuff about it. Yeah. Um, We're firm on that opinion. Yeah, of course. And I'm not, <laughs> not necessarily here to proselytize or no. redeem you and have you be, you know, muni converts. Uh, although, if you if you want to go to my the debate club next Friday, which is organized by me, that'll be really cool. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, point is, I've, I when I heard that, I thought that was one of the issues with um, with the podcast that you should mentioned before is that it's you represent a very specific part of the school mm. and i think at times mm. that can lead to a bit of an unnuanced <laughs> uh top perspective on things so i would like to discuss muni with Fair you enough. and just uh see 
Um, I don't think we necessarily, uh, uh, what's it called, represent a very specific part of the school. I think we represent quite a lot of people uh, in that regard. Um, I know at least two people who think like me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One is Zach. The other is Casper. I've talked to a fair few bit, uh, bits of people around about Muni. And I mean, it's fair if you want to participate. It's easy fucking cast right, but you know. Um, I would I would like to actually add something to that, if that's fine. Gordon? No, the thing you said last time that I thought I wanted to dispute is that you said that it was low effort and then low payoff. And I think that varies, because I think if you want to do well yeah. and get an award, which I did uh, okay. at a recent conference. This is you, a no flex zone, I'm sorry, Jacob. I, oh, I forgot. I, I'm flexing too hard. I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> Two strikes. <Okay. laughs> Shit. First strike. <laughs> You're Straight out. to the gulag, yeah. I know. I turn off your mic. Um, <laughs> no, point being that, like, if you want to do well, and if you're passionate about it, um, and, you know, also if you want to get them reason to send you to another conference, then I would say that it can take a lot of time to you to invest in it. And then secondly, the other thing is, it's really fucking good, Cass. Like, mm. it, it, like so potentially it can be low effort, great payoff. Because it's just days and days of cast that you can just plot into Matchback, which yeah. I think is the great thing about. It. Also, you get to tell people that they're wrong, which is something I always enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I can see, I can see, I can see that, right? I mean, if you just want to participate, just because of cast, it, it can be very sort of like really fucking low effort. But then again, if you're in like an actual like. I don't necessarily know how the whole thing works, but I know there are certain committees for every single country, right? And uh, every single country has like a general sort of thing going on, right? Well, some basi- kind of ambassador. Okay, right. so basically, what you have is that you have the United, you have the United Nations, right? Yes, yes. And the UN is composed of several distinct bodies, but yes. broadly speaking, we have the General Assembly yes. and the Security Council. Yes. You know, the Security Council is where exciting stuff happens. Mm. Then you have the General Assembly. The General Assembly is in turn divided into several committees. Yeah. Okay, and First, the General Assembly is the last day of Muni, right? Well, okay. Normally. Uh, okay, basically, on. what you have first, if you have three days of, the, of each committee talking internally about the issues, with countries being represented in the general com- different committees, yeah. and then the last day is each committee goes, to, all the committees go together into one big thing. Okay, Where they then the, try to, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, that's the General Assembly. And then they try to pass the issues that have been already passed by the committees. Okay, so, okay. for example, in my committee, we talked about uh, disarming Hezbollah, and uh, which we won't get into because that's a whole another discussion. Yes. But uh, <laughs> basically, Israel managed to pass a resolution in our committee, and then when we got to the General Assembly, he had to try to get it to pass again, which I ah. fought tooth and nail against because I was Iran. Um, oh, okay, okay. That's, that's how basically it how it works. Okay, so and then if, you, if you are one of these, I wouldn't say high ranking, but <laughs> if you are within one of these sort of bodies, right, and you're higher yeah. ranking, it is a lot of work, right? Yeah, essentially, if you're a country that has a lot to say on it, like or United States or some yeah, shit, exactly. generally has a lot. Yeah. yeah, then it can be take a lot of uh, effort. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can also show up, not care at all, and show no effort whatsoever. But we will consider <laughs> think less of you as a mm. result. Mm. I get that. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Also, and I mean, if you sign up for Muni, right, you have to be at least, even though you're just doing it for cash, right, you have. To, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm fucking chewing while I'm fucking... God damn it, Zach, that is bad <laughs> um, planning on What was I about to say? I fucking forgot. Oh, sorry, if you so- do sign up with me, you have to at least have some sort of interest in it, right? Because, yeah. I mean, if you don't do anything at all, I mean, what's the fucking point? <laughs> you might as well. Mm. This candy is really fucking good. Do you want to- can I can I get one? Okay, I'm gonna mm. have to take mm. it on my own. Mm. Yeah, Nick, one for yourself, mate. Personal responsibility, as they say. <laughs> um... 
I do want to say I'm a. <clears throat> I'm a hardcore anti-muni. You're, no, you're no. a happy anti-muni person. No, no, I'm not. Even as a member. <laughs> no, but I um, I've helped muni out several times, so I don't see uh. But you don't come to our parties because they suck. What are you talking but, about? They but, suck. Hurt. <laughs> sure, I've been to one. No. I donate my time to you, then I want to be able to talk shit about it. That oh, is Jacob, just, that's fair. I'm, I'm that's my then. payment. Is, is, oh, it's a good intro. Is 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 a Munich party marginally better or worse than the IB parties? I would say that it's like neck to neck. It's like neck to neck. Yeah, that almost. means it's fucking garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think. Mean, I feel I feel like it must be more fun because there are a lot of people you don't necessarily know uh, to start off with. Yeah, and then I think an aspect of I think the muni parties is you have a lot of enthusiasm that you want to get out mm. because it is a high like if you really like it, it's a very highly emotional time. So it's a very high energy time. I think. See. Si. Also, because the parties are generally like the last thing, so before the closing ceremony. See. Si. So then you Ooh. get these uh, white t-shirts, and then you go around, you write things on the t-shirts like. Wow. You are a good delegate, or you—you you debated so well. Yeah, Hope exactly. to see you next year. Yeah, I've got several ones of those on my shirt. For example, <laughs> should have brought my shirt and read it aloud. That'd be great. Uh, just, if if that was me, I'd just go up and be like, fucking knobhead. No, yeah, <laughs> like be the first I thing I'd think of do. Fuck off, idiot, wine coach. Just fucking everything. I, I, I think, think that that aspect is something that can like worry a bit because, like, you know, um, Martin from Second Eye. He also got like just like loads of dicks on his t-shirt. I, I would just write "get wasted shit cunt." <laughs> I think really that's stupid. Good. I think the other yeah. <laughs> the other issue as well is that like then some people like because like some people in your committee they say a lot or you care about them a lot because you thought they're really cool and nice to debate with. Hmm. And there was also just the people who were like, "I don't, I don't know you. Why, why do you want me to write on your t-shirt?" And you have like five seconds to figure something out. Uh, but do you, uh, Jacob? Do you get? Um, do you usually get drunker parties, or, or are you uh, more of a? Do you mean muni people or me specifically? You, you specifically. Do you usually get drunk, or are you more of a uh, casual sort of a drinker? I don't really drink. Okay. Uh, I. I mean, that statement is already always so loaded because, like. Yeah, I know. I know. I know like, it is. Yeah, I know I, it's a pretty fucking. Uh, yeah. I will say I'm having like. 0.8% cider right now so it's not not as if I've never consumed alcohol before and no. I also drink communion wine as part of being Christian what the yeah. fuck is communion wine oh communion we need wine, to discuss uh, that too we need to discuss that too <laughs> communion wine is uh, oh communion yeah oh, right, when you eat right, Jesus right, right. yeah when we drink but is that eat- actual wine yeah of course yeah. must have drank fucking wine when she got confirmated yes yeah. You're drinking actual wine. We get actual wine. They're and actually they're actually fourteen. And for, yeah. before fair that, enough, enough. Yeah, you have to go to church a couple of times, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, but I I got uh, what the fuck's that called? Uh, Nonfirmated. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I got okay. nonfamiliar, which means Gosh. I didn't. Uh, wow, just we can talk 80s. about. Can we? Maybe we should just round off the yep, party thing real quickly, oh, yeah, what and the then fuck get to the Christian thing. Where did that start off with? You asked if I. Oh, okay. Yeah, you need to smoke way less weed. You like your brain is clearly very affected. I haven't smoked in like. 16 hours, okay? It's okay. been a fucking while. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, okay. Go on, sorry. No, but I was about to say is that, like, it's not as if I've never drank alcohol, but I, it's, not, it's not a thing I'm very much into. Okay. Occasionally, I will sip a bit, but mostly when I go to parties, I get my cherry soda on, and I get hecka wasted off cherry soda. <laughs> and that's mostly it. I can respect that somewhat. Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah, Simon's also now, he's also one of them non-alcoholic people. Well, I mean... I think I think Simon is one of them who says he is. I've only enforced it once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I think as well. I would say that like the thing about parties is that like um, 
you don't necessarily have to be drunk to have fun. You just have to match the hype level yeah. of drunk people, and drunk people around you will often like pull you up on the same hype level anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as Zach is wont to do. Uh, so I I think that it's not a big issue to get oh, actually, like you can still get like wasted off the uh, of the mood of the party I think. Uh, sorry for smacking my fucking phone, <laughs> not phone, uh, microphone. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, parties are really what you make them, right? Because um, actually, I want to make a public apology for everyone I have uh, said anything to the last party. I was. At that point, you got a little bit too much. I had a little bit too much to drink. And that's where I can see that people are against alcohol as well. Because I can also see the, like, the fucking bad side of things, right? But typically, I don't really... Um, I can do parties without alcohol, but I have way more fun if, if there's at least a moderate amount of vodka in my blood. Fair enough. And uh, in my brain. Uh, yep. But yeah, I think I think that's about that. Fuck Ibeck. Uh, okay. We love Ibeck. And somewhat fuck Muni. Um, <laughs> we love Muni. <laughs> we we also yeah. Now now <laughs> if if you'll allow me, oh, I no. think it would be mighty interesting to discuss religion. Right. Yes. I think we're gonna have to say yes to that one. Because go on, go on. Zach, you're an atheist. Absolutely. For the longest time. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm I'm not a what, what's that called? Agnostic. That's what I want to ask you. Do you consider like okay, so what is that you believe, the two of you? Do you believe one God like is a complete impossibility? Or do you think what the fuck do I know? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, uh, the second one. Yeah. I, then I, I would think... not call you an atheist as much as an agnostic, yeah. I would say. And I've, oh, agnostic is where you acknowledge that other people may have God. No, agnostic yeah. is just when you're like, maybe God exists, okay, maybe yeah, God yeah. does not. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, okay, that's what I yeah. would define myself as. And I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not an atheist to that um, point because I actually, I mean, I see, I see, I see, uh, there's sort of some plus and minuses of religion. I don't really give a shit. I mean, if you have a God, that's fine with me. I used to be ace at all when I was a little bit younger. Really? That was really fucking weird. Weird period. <laughs> But I, no, I'm so I'm, sad you didn't actually have Lucas on because then you could have discussed neo-paganism. Oh, uh, he's like, he's way more into that than no, I yeah, was. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, what Simon, you were about to say something. Okay, sorry, so I do have a long-winded uh, talk <laughs> coming up, so you can put down your microphones. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, so oh no, you're <laughs> you're getting fired up, you hype beast. Okay, so what I want to say is for the. For my young years, I was Christian up until I was, what, 15? And then I was like, you know what? I don't, this doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't think there is anything up there. But heck, what do I know? If people believe there is something up there, fine. But I don't think so. And that's really when I became an agnostic. And I've never been a, a strong believer of religion of any kind. But... Then I had a small period where I was a proper atheist, where I was like, there is nothing up there and I know it for sure because nobody else can prove me wrong, right? But then, what happened? something interesting happened because as I was writing my TOK essay, I had this kind of revelation. I was like, but I don't really know if anything is up there. And to me, it doesn't matter if people think something is up there. It doesn't matter what they believe in because then... I started thinking about why is it that people believe in religion, and Jacob, you're you're a Christian, and yes. you really believe in it. In Correct. yeah, so Are you okay, Cyrus? In case you could, you would not have been able to see this outside of the studio, but Zach just tripped and fell 
on the floor and then just grabbed the mic. I almost he fucking... He almost knocked the wine on the car. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a responsible alcoholic. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so... As I was saying, Jacob, you're you're a Christian. You can be able to you can back me up or challenge me on this. Yeah. But what I feel like is that religion isn't here to dispute science. It isn't saying, oh well, this the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament says this happened, so this happened. It's more of a it's more of a the things we can't really explain. The Bible can tell us, or we 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 um. We look up at the sky and we're like, are we alone here? What happened? How did we end up here? And the Bible is almost an answer to that. Or what's it called? The the Quran? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Quran. Muslim, yeah, the Quran. Yeah. yeah. Or any hadith. other religion. It's yeah. it's not a... Um, I don't think it's a challenger to science. It's a, a filler. It's saying, Supplementary? Yeah. Yeah. And That's a fucking nice word. Sorry, I just had yeah. to say that. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I'm now more agnostic. I'm like, mm. I, I don't really know. Uh, I don't need anything to make me more. I mean, I'm just lost out here, mm. so I don't believe in anything. Mm-mm. And to to finalize, there is a subreddit on Reddit called Atheism. Mm. Ah, it is so disgusting because what they do every day is attack anyone that's religious, mm. and that to me is disgusting. So I don't want to identify. Oh with yeah, that. they get yeah. really fucking harsh yeah. sometimes as well. With yeah, yeah the, exactly. Especially about Islam. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so. okay. Before really, we we yeah, go yeah, into that because we're Actually, discussing yeah, Islam and, and mm. refugees and mm. immigrants in Denmark <laughs> later on. Yeah. But so before we want to go into that, I do just want to briefly mention that I think that a lot of these, uh, let's say. I can't call them neckbeards. That would not be polite. Uh, uh, let's say. What are we thinking? What kind of social group are we looking at? Okay, nice you know, guys. <laughs> no, I would say in this context, I mean white, very militant atheists. Oh, right. Is mm. that very often they claim, "Oh, I'm just a skeptic, looking mm. at the facts. I just want to criticize all religions." But I think that there are aspects of them where a lot of them get very easily riled up by like yeah. right-wing populist ideas about exactly. Islam, exactly. which is why like. Guys like guys like Richard Dawkins and who's the other guy, the guy with the um, the end of faith I think he's called, Harris something. Yeah, I often don't really like those type of people because they're not only interested in saying, "Hey Jacob, you dum dum for believing in Jesus." They're also <laughs> b- interested in saying, hey, "If you believe in Allah, you're a barbarian." And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's mm. bullshit. I I I definitely agree with that. I I fucking. I would say mm, I don't think less of anyone if they're religious or not, as long as they don't. As long Force as it down a, your throat is that the term you're looking for? No, as long as in a, I was actually going to mention theocracy. As as long as it it, it doesn't come into play on a socialistic level, uh, in, in terms of government uh, stuff like that, I'm fine with that because you, you you should there should never be a, I don't ever think there should be a a law or something like that where there has been religion involved with it and of course that's very sort of hypocrisy uh, <laughs> hypocritical sorry yeah. of me to say because a lot of Danish law is actually based on all the religious things but um, I mean these religious things has now been translated into sort of just common values but yeah, yeah I don't think nowadays if we make new laws I don't think we should mix uh, I don't think we should go along the ways of theocracy because I'm not a huge uh, uh, <laughs> fan. <laughs> I have so much to say to this because there's stuff that I want to say in relation to Simon's yeah. original part. So what yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to take some notes here yeah. and I'm going to write your point The down. funny thing is I actually want to mention this real quick for everyone because uh, uh, you can't see this right now but Jacob actually full on brought a notebook <laughs> with notes and quotes from our podcast to use against us in the most violent way possible. <laughs> uh, sorry about <laughs> He's that. He's the homewrecker. 
I think I think that's only fair. Oh, also, it's fucking Valentine's. Did we even mention that? We did not. And your date no. for the for the afternoon is uh, free, lovely, single gentleman. And fucking uh, do the. What? <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, Simon uh, talked about there was a special offer on oh, some website. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, if you're if you're a woman, just uh, skip ten seconds ahead. Hey, add some Nazi stereotype. I dispute that. Fapping is for everyone. Yes. Okay, that was very even. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't oh, matter if you wanna if you you know yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah but but just looking at it from just a normal sort of level. It's mostly guys who use. I think that's actually a thing. I would. I wish that I had prepared myself for that debate. That mm. I had statistics to back it up, because what I want to say is that like there is also a significant amount of women that watch porn. But maybe actually, we should clarify why we're discussing yeah, porn I, I, in the first place. I was place. thinking nobody knows yeah. about uh, porn. So, Simon, Simon you want to clarify? <laughs> I was saying before I made the joke, <laughs> I said on Valentine's Day, which is today, uh, Pornhub Premium is free, mm. and. Uh, what I was saying with girls you can skip ahead is that generally when I talk to girls about this, they either just deny it yeah. or they are visibly just uncomfortable because, talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's just because girls, I don't really think fucking girls want to talk about guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk yeah. to a girl about how much I fucking masturbate. <laughs> That's not really within my... Yeah, I'd be like... Yeah. A couple times a year, maybe. I, don't really, uh, <laughs> I actually don't really do that since... Uh, it's not yeah I've, I've never masturbated uh, uh, i think that's actually very sad because i think the most healthy possible society we could have is mm. one where we're very more open, open about yeah. sex and i think especially i think was an issue is that we have a culture where it's getting a bit bitter in some context mm. but i think we still to a certain extent teach the value of if you're a woman and you're like and you like sex yes. and you're open about the fact that you like sex yes uh you as a slut and you need to get away from me you fought and i think that like that I think that often there's like a sort of double think in the media of one, let's look at like female bodies and use them to sell stuff. But yeah, also, yeah. if if you're a woman and you talk about how you like sex, mm. use a slut and you oh, need to get away from actually, it. Actually, we fucking discussed this in fucking length in English class with the whole selling your body thing. Uh, with uh, Do you know about the... Um, there's this long ass fucking... Uh, oh, a woman did a documentary... No, not documentary, but like a TED talk or something about uh, yeah. women in... Uh, it's, it's actually called Women in Advertisements. Yes. And it's... I fucking forget the name right now, but she talks about how women are portrayed in, uh, in, uh, in, in. It was about the sixties or seventies or something yeah. like that. So it's a, it's a way back, right? Mm-hmm. But she talks about how women are portrayed in in sort of advertisements, all that stuff. And she talks about the hypocritical thing about it, like the fact that I mean, uh, these things are like women are supposed to be portrayed sexy in advertisements, but then when when they are acting sexy, yeah, then that's in, in a social context, exactly. that's bad. But I mean, I think mostly. Uh, among what I know, at least, I still think we have a little bit of that. But I think it's it's pretty good in Denmark about that. I feel like women can be openly, really sort of uh, sex. I don't know. I think focused. I've I was just I was at a party <laughs> at a point. Yeah. Um, where I'm not going to name any names about this, but oh, we drop you, we if, drop if, names. If you're out there, I guess yeah, yeah. you might <laughs> know uh, remember this if you were there. <clears throat> but I was at a party, and then there was a. Uh, a girl who was op- like that first there was a bunch of boys and they were talking about oh yeah we gotta get to this this party to get get laid with like older high school wi- uh, women yeah, yeah. like and like get some some of that university poon or whatever right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's okay sorry, sorry go on and go on. then it was this girl and she was open about um 
some of her sexual experiences. Yes. And they just made it very clear to her that they thought that men having more sexual encounters was better than women having a lot of sexual encounters. So I still feel like it's an attitude that's out there. I will agree that we've done a lot to combat it, but I still think that we very openly need to say liking sex as a woman or a man is not bad. Mm. And I think it also contributes to an atmosphere of people be not wanting to talk about it. Because one, if you're a woman, mm. you might have the, uh, I'm not supposed to openly like sex, so mm. therefore I don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Again, I'm not a woman. I'm just building kind off of. of stuff that I've read and discussed <laughs> with other women. Um, and then... Maybe if you're... I'm not going to answer that one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was just... And then if you're a guy, you might be, oh, I can't discuss these things with this person because yeah. they're supposed to be a person who's not interested in sex. Yes. And I think that develops a very unhealthy understanding of human sexuality. Yes, but there's also the other point, which is that, I mean, just talking about sex, right? Just It's not necessarily the whole idea of it. I just don't... Sometimes you can just tell if a person just doesn't want to talk about it. You know, maybe it's just like a personal subject or something yeah. like that. Maybe it's not because they don't feel like it, like because of, of of norms and all that. Maybe it's just because the person doesn't really just want to talk about sex. And there is sort of a double-edged layer to that sort of uh, thing. But yeah, I definitely do agree with you. But I feel like we have combated uh, it pretty good in Denmark at least. I think I feel like the young, the new generation here Uh, dude, my fucking my sister's generation—they're fucking mental. She she said there was a fucking guy. He's literally 14. He has sex like every single week, and I'm just there like, well, <laughs> and with different women as well. Like, what the fuck is going on? Let's clarify by by different women. You mean people of his age, correct? People, yeah, yeah, not not. Uh, <laughs> That would be morally wrong and also illegal. Oh, um, yeah, he, it is actually illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. No, I mean, like, for a 14-year-old to have sex with people we would consider women, i.e. adults. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, it, it's it's illegal anyways, because, yeah. I mean, if they're both under 15, it, it just makes it double as wrong, really, in the eyes of the law, at least. Um, I, I, but I think... Yeah, go on. I think it's 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 a nuanced thing. Yes, very. But, but my main point is that I also I also acknowledge that often when people it, it's sometimes when people don't want to talk about it, it's also just that this is a private issue and why do you want me to discuss this with me, Jacob? Yes. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but I I think though that it also reflects our culture and our relation to sex in general ways, and I think it's yeah. So everyone, just just watch all the porn you want. Mm -hmm. You could actually make. It. It's a day, it's premium. Mm. Just go out there. If you're not on your Valentine's Day, if you don't want to spend your Valentine's listening to our raspy voices, yes. just just go out there. I feel like Have you could actually make a really fucking... Body. I feel like you can make a really fucking good hippie. Me? <laughs> you a good yes. hippie? Yeah, I feel like you're very... Yeah, you're very open. You're a very open guy. That's, yeah. a, that's what I get from you. Um, Thank you. And, yeah. <laughs> you're very open. And, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you make a really good hippie. You also have the hair. A leftist, all, all that all, stuff. All that stuff. Just need to take some psychedelics. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this was actually a big sidetrack because we were discussing Massive. religion. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but you were... Okay. You never, you never backed no, up I never replied to your mind. thing, but yeah. that was because we started talking about porn. Yeah. Which is always something As that distracts me very easily. Jacob? Naughty boy. Jokes. <laughs> no. Um, mm. What were we discussing? Uh, yes, religion. No, the thing you said about religion being supplementary rather than being um, an attack on science, I think that's a very healthy and good attitude to have. Because I remember when I was young. Yeah, of course. We, we, this is. We were. This is. Comp Thank you. Welcome to the compliment gang. LA. Compliment gang, compliment gang, compliment gang. 
<laughs> Me and my grandma give each other compliments. Yeah. <laughs> Complimented your new chain. Um, <laughs> Jacob. Anyway, where were we? Yes. Compliments. No, religion. Yes. Oh, there it is. So, I, especially when I was younger, I felt... Okay, I'm going to wait actually, this out a bit. I actually later. thought this podcast was going to be way more streamlined because we have Jake on board. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you've ever had any conversation with me ever, you realize that I'm no... Oh, yeah. I mean, on the train, we talked about like 19 different things in like exactly. 10 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Simon has also said that this one will be able to be very long because we have a lot of stuff to go for. Oh, yeah, we do so have a fucking lot I to hope, go through. I hope that I've not diverged too I mean, significantly We're from barely we scraping about. religion and we yeah. still have... We still have two big subjects. And, and I think it might get... More more comfortable uh comfortable no uncomfortable serious was the word uh when we get to that because i have some very strong feels about that but in regards to religion i think you're right and i think often when i was younger i had the attitude of people being like oh religion is a counterpoint to science and if if you believe in it you're a dum-dum who doesn't like evolution and i think that's a very simplified point because to me the point of the gospel the good news yes is not for me to go wow the earth was created in seven days. To me, that's like a completely irrelevant point to my understanding of life. Yes. What I mainly get my understanding from is how I need to relate to myself mm-hmm. and how I need to relate to others and how I need to relate to my personal relationship with Jesus. And that has very little to do with science. Do you, do you, do you fucking, um, what's that called? Pray. <laughs> uh, very fucking- I'm, not, I'm not big into praying. I, of course, I pray communally. Community. Uh, oh, do you have uh, a? At, at oh, yeah, you're, you're in you're in the church choir, aren't you? I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and at uh, at at choir and at uh, in, in doing services, I do pray communally. Yes. And I do pray on occasion if there's someone I'm worried about, um, like their well-being. Not if I'm. Oh, like, that's oh. like they have something called uh, dua in uh, yeah in, in Islam. In, in Islam, yeah, yeah. Do dua for my dead grandmother or whatever. It, there's this group called Vine to Islam on Facebook. Yeah, and they and just dua all the time. Yeah, they, they all. Ninety uh, percent of all, um, what's it called? Uh, all statuses are just people wanting uh, other people to pray yeah. for their sick children or something like that. That's not really a stuff, stuff we do a lot on Protestantism. It's more a Catholic thing. But yes. anyway, I was yeah. trying to, I was <laughs> trying to, trying to answer Simon's original point. But so to me, it's 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 less about the metaphysics of the world and more about my soul and my well-being emotionally. Yeah, and how, how you relate to yourself and other people around exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, there's this uh, Danish um, author from the 18th century, 17th or 18th century, uh, Holbert. Yep. Yeah. And he said that, um, <laughs> that the point of the Bible is not to teach people astronomy or geology, but to teach them how to be good people. Yes. And, and that's also what I relate to. Yeah. And even if we look in at like stories like Genesis or other things where it's explicitly about how the world was created, to me, one, it's less important. And secondly, I relate to it in a more metaphorical way. Because yeah. if you look at the way Jesus taught things, he would tell people metaphors. Mm-hmm. So to me, it makes total sense that like the Garden of Eden is not a complete one-to-one understanding of how the world was created, but more a, like a metaphor about why human beings are sinful and why we need Jesus in yep. our lives. Okay. Um, I think that was mostly a response to what you said. Yep. And I also want to argue I don't even that, like, remember what the fuck I said. But <laughs> I, I wrote that down, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> okay, Jacob. <laughs> no, but especially because like, if you look at scientists historically for a very, very long time, before like the ni- 20th century, a lot of scientists, they were religious. Yeah. And they believed that the universe had order and logic because they believed that it was created by a guy who made it with order and logic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe even like the guy who uh, figured out the Big Bang originally, he was a Catholic priest, actually. So Was he a fucking Catholic, he was a Catholic priest? priest. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fucking interesting. And the guy who discovered the uh, Peking Man, 
a, a fossil of a of a humanoid being. He was also a Catholic priest, I believe. He wrote a lot about the relationship between science and religion. Fucking hell. And a lot of like the scientific discoveries that we made, specifically in the Middle Ages, they were driven by uh, by monks and priests who were hella into it. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was in relation to what you said, Simon. And I guess I wanted to go on a bit of what you talked about, Sack, earlier about theocracy. Oh, yeah, go on. Because the thing about Denmark is that we actually have a bit of a theocratic influence in our government in that our head of state... Queen of Lars? Denmark. No, that's her head of government. Oh, yeah. The head of state, Margrethe. Big, big. Daisy. Big mess. Big whoopsie. <laughs> she is also the head of the church. And she has, she is, she's the head of the church of Denmark. And she has to be a Protestant Christian to continue to rule. Um, and especially because of that as well, when there is communal prayer, she is mentioned in those prayers. Like, it starts off with, you know, look after the weak. The poor, mm. people with no understanding of social circumstances, mm. all that stuff. And then it, it gets to, like, look over our government and our queen and our royal family. Mm. And to me, actually, that's one of the cases where I thought about the fact that when you blend politics and religion, it's not just bad for politics. I also think it's bad for religion because I am a Republican in, in the Danish sense, in the abolishment of the royal fam- the royal of the monarchy. Definitely. And I don't really like the idea of the fact that I have to invest my prayers in the monarchy. Mm. And also, you know, it means that the church is reliant and invested in changes that are made from the top rather than within the community itself. As well as the fact that I think that society should be secular and we should have like, you know, we should not have the state participating in religion. So I, I also think it's bad that we have some theocratic elements in the Danish state at the moment. Um, is that mostly what we but, want to talk about with religion? Uh, or is there a, contra- is there a I, counterpoint I, I, to this? I do have sort of a counterpoint to that, Jake. Okay, I'm going to pour uh, open a cold one then. I feel like most of of of, of, of fucking policies, and especially human fucking rights. I'm sorry, I'm sorry so much. Uh, I feel like- That's no fucking it. problem. Yeah. There, nothing in the Bible against that. No, no, definitely. Sorry, man. I just can't see that. I just just poured all over myself on the carpet. This is gonna like. I now I've now completely destroyed any argument I'll make tonight. I mean, today, whatever. I, I will say, Simon said earlier he'd beat the shit out of Jacob if yeah. he spilled, and now he spilled. So after the podcast, we're definitely bringing we're, out the we're hammer. We're beating the shit out of me. We're beating. Oh yeah, but I'm so sorry, the man. point about theocracy, right? The yeah. point about uh, government being set, uh, sort of separate from religion. Yeah. I agree with that as well, but to a certain extent, we can't. Because sort of human rights and, and all these other things that are good for for the individual are, are very based in, 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 in Christian, not only Christian values, but fucking Simon literally just walked away. I think he yeeted <laughs> is the term. They're based on very religious values, right? So I think it's impossible to an extent to have uh, a society without religion. But I mean, if we, if we acknowledge the fact, if people acknowledge the fact that... Um, I mean, religion has nothing to do with society, then we can have a society without religion. Which we can live in. Exactly. A society. Because we live in a society. Correct. Uh, (laughs) I I think my main point with that is that to me, it's not either that we have to have state atheism or that we have to like remove religion from public life. Okay. I just think government institutions being connected to a particular religion, I think is problematic. Okay. The case in Denmark is that the church, like the Protestant Lutheran church 
is the state <clears throat> church. Yes, which I definitely. Find problematic. I, I definitely agree with that. I'm actually not. I don't think my family. I think my family might be a member of Folgekirchen. Yeah. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, in in Denmark, in Denmark, one percent of your tax, I think it is, goes to Folgekirchen. The People's Church. Exactly. So you're a member of it, which means you can get married. And get baptized. Uh, baptized. I think that's about and it. And have a priest refuse to shake your hand if you're a woman. Yes, <laughs> that is basically that. And and I think those sort of yeah good values. But I th- I think we still are a member, even though we don't necessarily believe in religion in my house. Um, um, but we still get all the nice little benefits, <laughs> the marriage, <laughs> on Christmas, the baptization. Um, um, yeah, anyways, I think we're pretty much fucking done with religion. Uh, I cannot stand another minute. Oh, but I had w- some other points about this. Oh, sorry. It was so I fascinating missed, what you brought up. I missed <sighs> the entirety of Sack's point because I was just cleaning up. We mostly talked about the separation of church and state. We didn't disagree with a lot of things. No, we, we really didn't disagree a lot. But what I, I want to bring up real quickly, though, is that I think what's interesting is that if we look at Denmark and, let's say, a religiosity... What's interesting to me is that, like, you don't necessarily have people who cease to believe in some sort of divinity. If you look at, like, all the statistics, you ask people, what do you believe in? Uh, I'm sorry if this is a very subtle No, fix. Simon's uh, literally just chewing into his fucking oh, microphone. <laughs> no, anyway, you look at, like, sorry. statistics of religion, and you ask people, what do you believe in? Wait, statistics in religion? Yeah. You have people go around, ask people, oh, yeah, yeah. like, what the like fuck, what the fuck like do that. you yeah, believe yeah, in? Yeah. 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 And what's interesting is that, like, you have very few, like, the the smallest group is the people who say, I do not believe there's a God. The big, like, most people either say, I believe there is something, a life force or a spirit or something. Yeah, or they or people say, I don't know, or they say, I believe in God. Yeah. And what I think is significant about that is that I don't think people actually drift away from, let's say, spirituality. But I think that they're losing touch with organized religion. I think a lot of people are very willing to say, well, there might be something that I can't explain. But they don't really trust the idea of organized religion. So I'm going to stop chewing in the fucking microphone, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Anyways, I think that pretty much rounds off uh, the religious part of this. Oh, we have, no, we, we could literally go on for an hour okay. more about religion, I think. I so I feel like it's good to have some sort of endpoint. I actually wanted to bring something fucking up, but I forgot what it was. Um, sorry. Uh... You uh, prepared a lot of uh, immigration. Should I just start off talking, and then if you want to, oh, did you? That okay. Are you going to call me an assignment out on immigration? Here's what I think you should do. I, I, oh, 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 go on. Sorry. Hurt. I think you should say hurts. I think you should say what we said. Yeah. What you think we meant, what? and then why we're wrong. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And then we will. That's actually. That's maybe Holy a good shit. way. That's a really fucking good way to do it. Because that allows us to understand what you understand, yeah. and then we can sort of yeah. find a middle also, ground. I will say right now, I know this sounds really fucking retarded, but it is been, it, it oh, has been a while. New discussion. Oh, sorry. We'll get, save that to later. We'll save that to later. Uh, this is going to sound really dumb. Yeah. This is going to sound really dumb, but um, my views on immigration have changed quite a bit. Or, or depends on what I said in the last podcast, but basically right now, I'm, uh, I'm pro immigration. To an extent, of wow. course. Um, I'm hardcore against. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I also, if I can close those I also think that reflected actually because I was listening to the most recent episode. And what I thought was interesting about it is that you had kind of because, like, in the seventh episode, I think it is, or no, episode six, you say I have prejudices against Muslims or immigrants or whatever. Yeah, and you don't really, and then you didn't explore that further. Oh, so and it then, just sounded. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, but then, like in the when the twelfth episode. Uh, you both made clear that you thought that the majority of Muslims were well integrated or that there wasn't huge problems with it. Yeah. Or that like so I still think you made some points 
that I disagree with that I want to get into, but okay. I get that your views have somewhat changed, or okay. that maybe they are more nuanced than I what mean, I initially expected. I, I still, to an extent, uh, have some sort of inbuilt prejudice mm-hmm. against um, certain groups of people. I mean, if I walk on the street, it's three o'clock uh, in in a in a shitty neighborhood in Kumhon, and I see a group of people, no matter the race. I'm going to be very fucking scared out of my life. I feel like that's where, um, not necessarily, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit more cautious where I walk because if it's three o'clock fucking night, no one's gonna come to save you. This it's too fucking late if you get fucking stabbed in downtown Copenhagen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I would say that to some extent, if I see a group of Danish people, I would be a little bit less scared at meeting them at that point than if I saw a group of people with nuances. <laughs> I, I don't know but how do to put agree, that. But do you agree that like that that's a subconscious thing? That is definitely a subconscious ne- thing. And, like you don't necessarily. I don't actively think no. that Muslims are or other people from other countries are more scary than Danish people. It's just a very sort of subconscious thing. And that, that's say, what I meant with that point yeah. that I said the prejudice thing. I also want to say, I I am not here to virtue flex. No. And I'm not here to say that I've never in my life made a racist joke. And I'm not here to say that racism is like a moral category that most people exist outside of. No. And I think that especially because we often live in a society where racism can be like perpetuated by media. Yeah. I too, every once in a while, can have a thought where it's like, Jacob, that's some bullshit you just thought. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's actually way better if we're more open about that. Yeah. And if we go, sometimes I think these things, mm. but I don't think of it as like... But it, but my second thought is that's some bullshit. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think that's 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 important. And I also want to add that, like, because I think I would be fake if I said, "Oh, I have never ever thought anything no. about that." Or I only see people. I don't see skin color. Right? No, definitely. Actually, I think that the argument I don't I don't see skin color is often used by like. I think it's fucking stupid. Yeah, also because I think often I don't see skin color is, is often only used by white people who don't see skin color because no one has ever looked at their skin color and be like, ah, let's discriminate now. Mm. Um, no, should I come to my opening remarks rather than... Oh, yes. Um, just before we d- delve in, should we limit the discussion to immigration rather than racism? I think my problem with it is that They're I feel like there's bit- some over- strong overlap here. Okay. And I have prepared some points that go into both of it. Okay. Also because like you mentioned specifically some points about far right populism or you know what I'm not gonna say far right populism today. I'm that gonna say what I mean. A bit I mean dis- fascism. A bit discriminatory. Point point being is that like no you mentioned Fascism, you, may- you said? Yeah. Get you- the fuck out. <laughs> we are <laughs> antifa. Yeah, exactly. Same. Okay. Point being, you made some points about the art like the origins of fascism and how far right populism arises. See? That I disagreed with the origins of how it starts, See. and that I think relates to your overall argument. So I, I really want to bring that up, and I hope okay. you you get that if that's okay. See, si. uh, I'm just gonna take a long, long good sip. Uh, See, si. uh, no problem. Uh, so do you have an opening statement for this debate, Jacob? I have some notes that I wrote. Holy fucking shit! I'll just have everyone know Jacob brought two books on anti. Uh, actually, no, he brought one on anarchism, and he brought one on anti-fascism. Yeah. And I find that very fucking interesting. <laughs> uh, I can recommend these totally. I think on anarchism, Noam Chomsky is a good introduction into anarchist theory mm. and also into the anarchist experiments in Spain, which mm. I think is a good example of communism working in practice. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. And then, sorry, we'll take that one later. And then, of course, I think Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook is really good. Like, it convinced me that anti-fascist tactics are good and worthwhile. But even if that's not where your response is going to be, I think it will help you to 
get a bit of a more nuanced take on them. Because I think very often people just say, oh, they're vegan ISIS, which I would say is an unnuanced stance somewhat. Uh, I can see you're passing around the book, looking oh, at a particular I just saw passage. About, I just saw a paragraph that was referring to Danish comrades. <laughs> yeah, no, they have a long chapter about Danish Antifa members and how they worked against Nazi rallies back in the 2000s. Yeah. It's very fascinating reading. Okay, I think we're about... To, I have the, uh, uh, the notes here. I want to start out with the reason I'm here and why I'm going to be talking is because something you said, Simon, in episode one. Okay, I'm out. Quote, <laughs> Our reporting is supposed to be objective, but we understand that it isn't. Come on, and give us your views. I, there's a noise. What the fuck is that? Should Let me just investigate. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Wait, it stopped. Oh yeah, it stopped. What was that? Uh, for anyone, if you didn't hear that, that was a very fucking loud uh, screech. Screech outside. It sounded like a dog dying. Uh, or, but a, or a I don't kitty, think anything I think. was there. Uh, yeah, sorry, go on, Jacob. Uh, yes, of course. So, you said, our reporting is supposed to be objective, but we understand that it isn't. Come, give us your views. And that's why I'm here. Uh, then you followed up in, I think, episode 12, I think it was, you said, I am, like, the least racist person possible. And I'm not here to... I think that was a joke. That must have been a joke. <laughs> I think in general, I'm not very racist, no, but no, no. in my subconsciousness... I'm, I'm not have. here to dispute that, but I will say that I think that you've made some claims that I don't agree with, and I think that the perpetuation of those claims contributes to racism in Denmark in a way that I find very scary, oh. and I think that it was a bit irresponsible. So I'm just going to bring up exactly what you said. Yes, I'm yes. So, you, you fat bastard. Zach, you're not much better. Uh, I know. <laughs> You're on this platform as well, using it for the exact same stuff. Yikes. So, on episode six, go on. You talk about um, you as in Simon. No, the, now when I say you, I mean the both of you. Okay, okay good, yeah. good, good. You talk about immigrants, and you say, "Gosh, oh. there's so much stuff. I should put this in order." Um, yeah, they say that we should only take UN quota refugees, but we'll take over. But we've taken over ten, like ten, over ten times as much. Um, oh, so we had I, actual statistics in the program? That was the claim you made Holy in shit. episode 6. We actually used statistics. You um, didn't cite any sources, but basically, basically, yeah. basically, <laughs> you're, and then later on, I think both in episode 6 and episode 12, you said that a tenth of the Danish population is Muslim. That's, and then you said that that corresponds to 10%. Um, and I looked up some statistics, I mean, and uh, both of those claims are wrong. I'm not... No, no. Okay. And then you also, so the first claim I want to do, like dive into is the claim on the fact that we're taking far too many refugees and that we've been doing that for years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, go on, sorry. I'll these are strong claims, but we yeah, are, these we'll are very up. strong. <laughs> turn on my computer because I have some websites I want to Number one is the fact that, uh, just to let's clarify for everyone what UN quota refugees are. Yes. So the thing is that like there are these things called UN refugee camps. They operate all over the world. See. Democratic Republic of Congo, Afghanistan, Lebanon, all these places you have UN refugee camps. See, see, see. Um, because these people are some of the most vulnerable refugees, because they're often internally displaced, yes. they're often considered to be some of the people who have the least chance to on their own make it to a new host country. Yes. Because of that, the UN has this, the UN Office of Immigrants and Refugees have decided that there needs to be that there's a common solution that all member states have a responsibility of taking at least X amount. I believe it's five hundred. Yeah, it's it's five hundred. Of the hardest 
most exposed refugees all over the world. Yes. That's, now, uh, what happened already back in the 2000s was that the Danish government said, we want, despite the fact that not being in the UN Charter, we want the right to pick, cherry pick specific people in these refugee camps. Hmm. Aside from, so, but, but even that wasn't enough because what you've seen with the... Um, the government we have now, which is the government composed of Venstre, aka the Liberal Party, together with Liberal Alliance and the Conservatives, the Vico Il government, um, <laughs> is that for years now, they have been refusing to take in quota refugees. And I want to, I have a source for this one, but I'm just going to... That's it retarded, up. though. Uh, it says... Do, 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 do. I believe it's... Yes, it's from information.dk, where it says, uh, where it, they specifically mentioned, and this article is from 2018, that in the three years at that point that the government had been in power, now it's four, they each year refused to take in more quota refugees. Mm. And what you also see on a general trend is that the government has, number one, been very fervent in anti-immigrant and anti-migrant rhetoric, and that they have been doing their damnedest to take in the lowest number of refugees and immigrants. Jeez. Secondly, what you'll also see is that this isn't a break with traditional Danish policy. Jeez. What you instead see is that over, since 9-11, over the 2000s, you've had gradual hardening of the Danish uh, border policy, of the Danish immigrant policy, and the Danish refugee policy. An example of that was that I believe it's in 2007, Jeez. there was a law made wherein countries would now be divided into to what extent they should be allowed, their members of those countries should be allowed into our country. So if they made the so-called asylum group, if you're from a country in the asylum group that is, say, to say, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Somalia, I believe, is also on there. Egypt, I want to say, but probably not. No, not Egypt. No, no, They're no. quite stable compared to other countries. Yeah. Um, you are not to be you allowed a visa to travel into Denmark. In mm. fact, you can get what's be called a presumption rejection, which is based on the as presumption or assumption that you're gonna overstay your visa and try to seek asylum in Denmark. So effectively, the government has a policy for years of doing their damnedest to not let people in from loads and loads and loads of countries. Mm. So that's the one thing, is that I just don't see this giant refugee tide coming in, no. that you, or immigrant tide that you seem to be bringing up several times, because there's been consistent legislation against both immigrants, economic, and refugees. The second thing as well is that like, if you look at the statistics of Denmark, and I'm going to bring up another quote. This is from... Uh, Wikipedia? No, this is... Uh, <laughs> what is that? It's... Yes. Religion de Co. Where it says that... Are we having oh, a mix-up here with religion and actual... Religion de Co. is a statistical and side where they just... Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, we we, we won't say anything. Religion de Co. It says that... Just raising some question. In October 2017... And I don't consider this to be so far off what it would be now, if we look logically mm -hmm. at what the government has been doing for years. Yes. It said that we had 306,000 Muslims living in Denmark. Yes. Which is approximately 5.3% of the population. Yeah, almost 10%. I but mean, you must remember that the, the statistics I come up with are 10% almost. It's just a shot off the hip, right? Um, I, so I feel oh, it's not too far off, 5% really. Okay, but yeah, I will just seven. to clarify. The second, yeah. Just mm -hmm. because you said that we said that we have 10% Muslims and I might have said that, but I know that's not the case. So just to clarify, what I probably have said is we're 
immigrants or descendants of immigrants. Oh. And I'm pretty firm on that statistic. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty... Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think I agree with that. The other thing yeah. about that, though, is that, like, even though I don't necessarily think inherently that Muslim <laughs> immigrants have a like necessarily have an exclusively harder time immigrating like integrating to a country i also want to say that like the statistic of we have a 10 percent amount of people who have immigrant background i don't consider to be a existential threat to our country no 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 no, no, definitely not and the second thing i want to bring up is that also what's the thing as well is that like uh i have numbers here is that when you look at the uh the origins and the placement of Muslims, what you also realize is that most Danes don't really live close to Muslims. No, definitely not. Oh, massive fucking kasur. Especially we have a street called Mutalavai, yeah, which right is in it. the Helsko side of the things, right? There's, it's just one big street where basically every single Muslim or immigrant person lives in the yes. entire city. So yeah, it's oh. very sort of, what's that called? Segregated? Uh, yes, but there's a very special word for it. Ghetto. No, uh, it's when... No. Uh, That's actually a thing. Split societies, but it's, a, it's called something. Parallel society. Yeah, yeah, parallel I also want to talk about the term. Because it's been disputed by academics and researchers mm. to okay. whether or not it actually reflects our country. Now, what I want to say is that, like, if you look at the statistics, 20.9% of Muslims live in Copenhagen, slash yes. about 8.8% live in Aarhus, and 5.2% live in Odense. So what you see is an urbanization, very specifically, of Muslims. And you might be wondering, why are you bringing this up, Jacob? For a very specific reason. Yes. Um, the other thing you mentioned, Simon is that you made the claim that the origin of right-wing populism or the far right is, um, you said that that's essentially a response to a growth of immigrants in the country. I and think I, wanted, I said that pretty much exactly the same thing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. pretty firm on that. Yeah. And I want to dispute yeah. that because like, if I can have the anti-fascist handbook now. Yeah, of course. Is it this one? Yeah. yeah go on. The thing is that like, if you look at the places where the far right in Denmark is growing. It does not, and I did my uh, math IA on this. Um, you will notice that there isn't necessarily a tendency to see big concentrations of far right populism next to big concentrations of Muslims. If you look at the the one big place where the most where most people voted, Dance Folkeparti, Danish People's Party, far right political movement, that's in southern Jutland, Sunderland. And the thing that you'll notice that with them is that they don't really have a very big concentration of Muslims. No. If anything, they are have the, one of the lowest in the country. Yeah, because in Sunnyland, no one understands what the fuck they're saying half <laughs> yeah. the time. Secondly, <laughs> if you look at how historical far-right populism... You mentioned Hitler specifically in your example. You said, first you have some of that, and then, bam, suddenly you have Hitler. Of course, that was a bit of a jokey thing. But what I want to argue here is that if you look at the context of what, when Hitler arose... It wasn't just that there were too many Jews in Germany. Instead, what you had is that there were a bunch of socioeconomic factors. One, number one, high uh, poverty, high unemployment. Yes. Number two, uh, a recent defeat that had demoralized de- uh, the country. Exactly. <laughs> Combined, these factors create a mood in which there is a general frustration in the populace, a lack of solution from the political center, and a look towards the extremes. Now, what you have, that's what I would call capitalism in decay. And what you have when you have capitalism in decay is that you have one of two responses. You either have anger based on class. Extreme right. In which you get the communists. Or you have anger based on race, in which you have 
um, the far right. But what you should notice with the far right is that even when they use race or ethnicity or culture in these contexts, they specifically talk about it in terms where it's clear that they are more generally frustrated with society. If you listen to um, people from dance faculty, Nuboli, Stramkurs, etc., etc., far-right movements Rasmus. all over, both in Denmark and all over mm. Europe. If you look at Poles, French people, Brazilians, Americans, etc., when they join the far-right, what they very often say is that they're tired of the elites, they are tired of welfare going to underserving people, and they're mm. tired of the fact that people are coming to take their jobs. Uh. There is... Well, there is the cons- the idea isn't necessarily that it's the very presence of the immigrant that's a problem. The main idea is that there is that they are being robbed of their economic prosperity and well-being, and that's then combined with the image of the migrant. And what you'd see as well is that if you look at um, the statistics, because I looked through it in my math IA, what you also see is an area with with a, a lot of people voting dance faculty. You see people with low wages. Of low education and higher levels of poverty in those municipalities. Ritniks. <laughs> and also, if you look at places like Poland, Poland doesn't have a lot of Muslims, but Poland has a big far-right movement. I think that's a good example They're of actually it. really fucking aggressive towards uh, immigrants yeah, in Poland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think another extent... So, to me, I just thought that the term, the idea that you put forward that the far-right's rise to power is fueled by the presence of more immigrants. I thought that was a bit too simplifying, <laughs> and I thought that it was also a potentially bad way of understanding it, especially uh, because if you look at this country, right, what you have is that throughout the, from the 90s to the 2000s and upwards, you've had a shift in political parties where the center-left and the center-right, they have both been focusing on what do we need. They want privatization, they want lowering of welfare, and they want the effectivization of Danish society through low taxes and privatization of loads of different government instances. You'll even see that with our with our last left government, the Social Democrats, where they privatized our energy companies and where they put a border on how much welfare Perkin could receive. So what you see, you also saw how they locked out the teachers and stuff like that. So what mm-hmm. you see is that you have a center that shifts towards economically to the right. Yes. And which I would argue that aside from doing that, they also enact policies that hurt people in areas where they need the welfare, where they need this funding for schools and where they, they need governmentally funded institutions. Especially because lots of these governments have also been centralizing uh, power for a long time. Meaning that government institutions and buildings and stuff like that has been gradually moved towards Copenhagen, meaning that there is a lack of growth and opportunity in a lot of these areas, and often areas where there are not a lot of migrants. And I also want to bring up again, that if you look at areas with strong concentrations of Muslims, like Copenhagen, like Aarhus, like Olense, they mostly tend to vote either center-left or far-left. So to me, it more seems like that you have a gradual growth of a far-right movement as the frustrations of people towards the political center that's abandoned them, and in the face of a lack of a very big or strong political left. Um, So that's mainly my thing with that, which I also think you can see was the case in, in fascist Italy and Nazi Germany, is that you have the response to big periods of economic crisis. And if you look at Eastern Europe right now, you have Hungary, or you have Poland, or you have the Czech Republic. What you can see there is that you have societies where there used to be a very strong welfare state. You know, Marxist, Leninist, Eastern Bloc states. They used to have strong welfare states. They used to have guaranteed uh, employment and opportunities for everyone. What periods are we talking about? Like during the Cold War. And I'm not saying that that was... (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying, not saying that that was a wonderful, economic, prosperous time, but what I'm saying is that you had the entirety of the population guaranteed that they could live. 
everyone's guaranteed employment. That's the, like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that, like, that the Soviet bloc was nice. That's not what I'm going to say. But I'm saying if you lived in East Germany, if you lived in Czechoslovakia, if you lived in Poland, you had a job because the government provided the job. See. What you then had is that in the 90s, with the fall of the communist parties, the political left completely collapsed. And what instead was important was the far, was the neoliberal policies of the West. So they basically said, let's just privatize everything and then everything will sort itself out. And what you now have is a lot of countries where poverty is on the rise and where people don't have governmental or welfare institutions willing to meet their goals. There aren't a lot of Muslims in those countries, but there is widespread poverty and socioeconomic problems. And to me, that speaks to the fact that the far right is funded not by the presence of immigrants merely, but rather by the simultaneous problem of socioeconomic problems within the country. And secondly, you had another point. I think there's an episode. Second. Jacob, 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 Jacob. It, you talk for 10 minutes. We, can't, we can't respond. <laughs> I just had one last point that I want to say. Jacob, wait, 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 wait. But we can't remember what you said. We okay. literally, it's, holy shit, there was so much stuff. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Can I okay, first? so I, I'm not going to counter argument. No, I'm just I, gonna... I, I want to counter argue. Okay. A, a tiny amount, because... Fuck, I don't even fucking remember now, do I then? Uh, something about far-right, um, anti-Muslim, um, anti-stuff. F- f- yes, voting in a place like Copenhagen is very far left, where voting in, in, in places like Sunderland is fucking... Very, right, yeah. yeah, I feel like that the right wing is definitely fueled by the fact that they tend to pull up a lot of anti sort of immigration things and stuff like that. But at the same time, right, um, I don't even remember what the fuck the point was. All right, Simon, say something. I don't fucking remember what my point what was. Simon, say. <laughs> I'm not going to go into this extensively, but I think we have a case of where we actually agree 100%. But the way I've expressed it, previously hasn't been clear enough because there has actually fucking agree so much there hasn't been anyone to challenge me so i can back it up or say this is what i think because what you're saying what i'm hearing yes it was was hard to understand because you are saying a lot of things that i don't know anything about so (laughs) to be completely honest global politics by the way (laughs) but um what you're saying is that um immigration doesn't cause uh, right-wing uh, popularity to increase directly and you have statistics to prove that and I agree 100% but you're saying that or what I'm thinking is that po- right, right-wing the right-wing parties become more popular because we have problems in the country of course that's like they are frustrated and then they go for something more radical um and then what I see is that a lot of these parties, they tend to maybe, uh, they use immigration as a sort of a catalyst. A scapegoat. Yeah, or something like that. They're saying, look at all these people that are coming here, they're stealing your stuff, and that's why we're in this situation. And exactly. then, then they vote. And the statistic that you brought up, which I think is fantastic, that in the in the large cities in Denmark where we have... A, Zach, be a bit careful over there. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. Just um, <laughs> in, in the large Danish cities where we have a lot of immigrants and they are well integrated or they're not, but they live there, people tend to vote more left, left-oriented left parties. And I think that is because there is immigrants there, because these people are seeing, oh, these people aren't so bad. Like, they don't really do anything. And For better or for worse. Yeah. And I've... 
what I've seen is that I've seen this in my grandparents because you you um I might say something stupid here, but you can correct me. Okay. Older people tend to be the demographic for Danish people's party. So they Yes, to certain extent. Yeah. They they are typically the ones voting for the more right. Oh, we were talking about yeah. pressures. Pressures in old people in fucking Denmark is very <laughs> Because they are usually very conservative because yep. they like the good old ways. Yes. Yeah. What I've noticed is that my grandparents who live here where we don't have that many immigrants, they are voting very right wing. My grandparents who live in Unsa, where there are a lot more immigrants, they vote left. And I had a long discussion with one of my grandparents from Unsa where he said the social uh social yeah, so they they are they're the best party and you should vote for those. And I was like Yeah, I guess. <laughs> So what I'm what I'm coming to is that I agree with your point and I I will apologize if I have maybe expressed it differently earlier but I think you're completely right. To be quite fair I don't even remember the fucking original point. <laughs> Actually uh, something stupid in his neck. Uh, oh my fucking back. Alright, uh, I'm gonna go have a fucking piss real quick. I'll be I also need to take a piss. Can I? Can we have it like a general pause first? Uh, no, no, no. We're not fucking pausing the podcast. Uh, we need to go one at a time. How okay. much do you need to piss, Jacob? A lot. A lot. All right, you can go first then, because I'm, don't, a, I'm don't at a me- say stuff behind my back. While I'm, I'm at a mediocre high piss right now, so you can go for before me. It's a top floor. Top floor, right, right on the right, right. Am I gonna be the guard by the door? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, Jacob is Fuck a- communism! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so... Basically, um, Jacob is afraid of dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, he is. So, I mean, I want to listen to what he I says. I mean, I'm actually fucking afraid of dogs. I don't like the big dogs. The small dogs are quite nice, like yours, uh, because yours is fucking little, little tiny fucking... Yeah. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. And... Okay, so we can discuss something non-political then. Yeah, fuck my ass. Holy shit. How the fuck do you come up with that many points in 10 minutes? If only we did that for a fucking presentation in global politics, we might have actually gotten a good grade. <laughs> I'll ask him to help me with my last presentation. <laughs> Definitely. No, what I want to discuss is how are people so afraid of dogs? I have trouble understanding it. Oh, and um, I a, went to... Um, I... I <sighs> is it kind of a- I'm afraid of big dogs because our fucking um, neighbor, one of our good neighbors, had uh, a massive fucking shaver. What do they call it? Yeah. Like uh, one of those police. Mm, fucking yeah. like massive. It was massive. He barely could control it. Yeah. And it was really fucking aggressive. It was very sort of violent, sort of. Yeah, because in their nature, they're very aggressive animals because they're fucking shaver. I don't know how to print it. No, yeah. 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 But yeah, but I mean, that's that's what I'm afraid of, dogs. I have something personal behind it. So um, like a PTSD. But then I went to fucking Nunes. Uh-huh. She has a massive dog. Yeah. And it fucking, it went straight on me. <laughs> straight, nah. I, I just don't like big dogs. I like the fucking mediocre dogs, like the small dogs. Big dogs, they're just not for me. Hmm. Okay, so what I'm I feel I'm like under- it's because... Oh yeah, go on, sorry. Okay, okay. So what I'm understanding is, for me to put myself in your shoes, it would be like if I came to somebody's house yeah. and a fucking lion stepped out and he was like oh no 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 he's he's fine yeah, yeah. and i'm like i don't believe you <laughs> it, it's it's if ash you walk to someone's house and literally cerberus came through the door and nun is just standing there yeah, yeah he's a good boy but it's actually cerberus he's actually has three heads he's made of lava and he's 20 meters tall like what do you mean what do you mean he's 
I doubt your statement. Also, it, I, I just feel like it's because of the irrational fear that there is a very animalistic side to the dog, and at oh. one point it's just going to attack because it sees me at prey, which mm. is not because I mean dogs are really. Hi, Jacob. Well, uh, I've, I've dogs had, are really mm. sort of household creatures. Yeah. I don't really fucking uh, dogs, man. Big dogs are mm. uh, no bueno, but small and mediocre dogs are fine. Well, I've had uh, my I'm dog. I'm gonna go have a fucking. Yeah, okay. Then I'll finish off my point here. Yeah, what were you discussing while I was gone? People, people who are afraid of also dogs. Said, Fuck <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, that was a joke. Obviously, yeah. I'm saying my. I have. Uh, I've had my dog for nine years, and if you if you've ever been to my house, you know he's the cutest little boy, and um, I don't think he would ever attack anyone just out of the out of the blue because he is such a well behaved boy, but he will like when we play, he he will attack me and uh, but. The thing is, what I've noticed is when we play and I like I, I irritate him and then he barks at me and bites me. If it if he then bites too hard, then I'll just say, Shh, "Okay, okay, we're done," and then he'll just go back to looking at me. So, this is the Dork Appreciation Podcast. We yeah. love Lowitz. So, uh, why why are you afraid of dogs? Do you have a uh, past experience or just? I think in general, I think to me animals are illogical creatures, and I don't understand their behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. and I have no way of communicating with them. So often when they're very enthusiastic and they're just communicating, hey, I want to talk to you, I think, oh, shit, he wants to eat me. And and that's just my general yeah, okay. issue with a lot of animals, I think. And then I, I have had, I do, I have had one experience with a dog that was uncomfortable, but I don't know that if it was traumatic or anything. I once I was running around, and then I slipped on ice, mm-hmm. and a dog jumped on me. Yeah, that was a bit uncomfortable, but I don't think it's in any way defined my, my viewpoint. And it's not confined to dogs either. It's also a thing I have with like ducks or <laughs> not ducks necessarily, but like other big animals. I think dogs specifically also can be either very intimidating or very big. Yeah, which I think is my other issue with them. But I think they can also be cute doggos. Yeah, I understand why people like them. I guess it's um. You're right. Dogs can be, or animals in general, they can be unpredictable, and it's difficult to communicate with them. So it's really about knowing the individual dog. You know, I know my dog very well because we've lived together his entire life, basically. Aww. And Cute. yeah, I I can I know exactly what he's gonna do. Like I can tell from his facial expression if he's about to jump on me <laughs> or something, and then. Uh, I know how to prevent it. I'm not saying that as if my dog constantly jumps at me or anything. It's just I can tell if he wants to go for a walk or if he thinks I'm about to leave the house or something. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm generally pretty good with animals. Yeah. Except I fucking hate spiders and snakes. Fuck them. But then I googled it and I was like, can snakes love you? Like for the people who have. Who have pet snakes? Like, doesn't make any sense. And it turns out they can't. They oh. actually don't have that part in their brain. They don't see you as a, as a friend. They see you more of a caretaker or a n- more as a, someone who's not gonna kill you. Oh, and will give you food occasionally. That's friend. In yeah. Terms. Whereas dogs, they have like love. Yeah, they really have love. They and they release the endorphins. Exactly, and the same with cats. And stuff like that. So, no, Sag is just pointing out. It says Jacob on my door. But it's misspelled. Yeah, it's misspelled. 
So. Well, actually, it's my dad's name. And his is what Oh, would a pretty name your dad has? No. <laughs> no, I wanted to say something about dogs, I think, the last thing before we go back to the other but thing. Dogs? Oh, you're still on that. We're still on that. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. They're actually considered, <laughs> considered impure in Islam, by the way. Um, so what? They're considered impure animals in Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but that was not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about... Um, Disgusting. I think I've seen like video footage like of a snake like almost cuddling someone like mm. around their neck and it just they look like such cute long boys so I kind of sometimes I kind of want like oh like white snakes just mm, they look so cute snakes get look dirty, fucking disgusting it looks like Zach, if, if, Zach, if a snake the microphone you need to turn off turn the microphone if if snakes are fucking disgusting <laughs> if you, if if you imagine a snake as a person right it'd be the one slimy guy in the corner of a classroom he's 16 years old he's a year younger than anyone else he's literally just all lesson he's just wiping off boogers and he's picking his nose <laughs> that's what i envision a snake as as a person uh anyways i'm sorry that or was, i guess uh <laughs> I, that's the one thing either they're slimy or they're treacherous yeah, and that's exactly. why Taylor Swift adopted the the iconography of the snake very much for the uh, "Look What You Made Me Do" music video. Mm. Fuck, have you? Do you like Taylor Swift? I think that's a nuanced question. Anas loves Taylor Swift. <laughs> he does. Really? It's so do I. I've seen the. Um, well, you have something in common then. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen her uh, stadium tour, Reputation, on Netflix. Yeah. And I just turned up the sound system to full volume. Is so good. It it, um, it, it it must be noted that I can literally not even lift Simon's speakers that that big. So yeah. I mean, turning up the sound system to full volume is really something. <laughs> I think I just before we discuss Tay Tay and then go back to the other thing. Yes. I want to say that. At times, I hear I don't want to discuss her personality because you I, tread I, carefully. No, just because you hear so much shit, you know. And like to me, I, I I have a hard time distinguishing what I can, what's hearsay, and what's like genuine shit she did. So let's just talk about the musical quality. I think that for the vast part of her career, she has made very passable pop music, and I love very passable pop music. It's. <laughs> It's just like, it's just for my consumption. It's like if I eat like a lollipop, I'm not going to go, wow, that was healthy and good for me, but it felt very nice. I think one like of my friends minutes. described Taylor as, as, the, as, the, <laughs> as the old school version of what the fuck's her name, Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that was... <laughs> I feel that's a very inadequate description. I mean, they both make fucking pop. They're both very no, good I mean, looking. They're both... Yeah. I feel like <laughs> Disgustable <laughs> I feel like the, the the images And the sexuality They play off of Is very different Especially because Taylor used to have Like much more Of like an innocent facade mm. I think. And I think Taylor is more like Oh you broke my heart And left me And Dua Leap is like Yo boy bye Yeah yeah Right One. And, that, <laughs> and that's the thing I think though I never really got into Her new record Taylor Because I listened to that Go awful single And I was like which one? Uh, look what you make me do. Oh, yikes. Look what just, oh, yeah. you just look at, like, uh, look what you make me do. Which is, I was so disappointed by that, because I feel like it has such good ideas in it. Like, I love the, I got hotter in the nick of time. I rose up from mm. the dead, honey, I do it all the time. Like, I love that, even though it's hyper cringy when she sa- says, uh, I make a list and I check it twice. Ah, that's a bit cringy, but like, mm-hmm. like that build up is quite nice. But then... And it just goes to like, uh, look what she made me do. I, I just thought that was so yeah. disappointing. It is by far the worst song in the tour. Also, like, in the- I really don't fucking like Taylor Swift. I'm okay. very fucking different there. Well, get out. <laughs> no, even shake it off. Yeah, I'm out. 
Goodbye, boys. Have a good one. Goodbye, Zach. <laughs> and you were saying about immigration, your second 22 point? is such a good uh, answer. No, I don't like Shake good It Off, song. and I don't like 22. What? You don't like 22? Who the fuck listens to that? I listen to Other 22. Other than you two and Anas. <laughs> what about, um, whatchamacallit, um, Blank Space? I want Actually, good. no. Shake It Off is also passable. That shit is I, passable. I like Blank Space as well because it's her playing into the image that people have of her, which I think is very funny. Uh, so you wanted to say something about immigration. Yeah. Fuck, anyway. Your second point. Yeah, my second point that I was about to bring up is that um, you make this point. Um, I, mean, I want to clarify something real quickly about. Uh, no, yeah, second point. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. you made this point where you said. You, as in me, or both? Now, now I'm specifically saying Simon. Okay. Oh, I right. mean, this is episode. Oh, goodbye, boys. It's going to be another 10 minutes. <laughs> Either episode 6, 8, or 12. That's basically the ones where you say most about it. Um, That was bad episodes. I shouldn't have talked. (laughs) You have this point where you say, when Denmark isn't Denmark anymore, then we have a problem. And implying the threat of, like, Muslim, of, like, immigrant demographics changing the face and future of Denmark irrecoverably. And as I've already disputed those statistics already... I'm not going to go into that too much. Thank you. But what I thought was significant <laughs> about that is that you bring up a concern that I feel like a lot of right-wing people have, which is the the dread and fear of the extinction of the culture. Oh no, they're coming to take my country. Exactly. Let's fight back. Um, and what I thought was kind of sad and worrying about that is that, like, I am also concerned about things. I, I actually I had a hard time sleeping last night because I was thinking a lot about this, what I'm about to talk about, because I had to bring it up today. Which is the fact that I don't think that the biggest threat by any measure to Danish values or to Danish society or democratic European values is in any way political Islamism or crime sprees by Muslims or anything like that. That would be very hard to change a country through those measures because you would need a lot of people who like each other and are unified and aren't just from a bunch of different countries that are vaguely uh, similar. Mm -hmm. And you would also need legitimacy in the majority of the population. Well, we know all about legitimacy, Jacob. We'll have you know. Be careful about using that word around us. They don't have legitimacy in the popular view. You know what does have way more influence and which has a way easier time going into the public consciousness? Tell us. Far-right populism Mm. and fascistic policies. And the thing about it is, to me, that's what I worry about for the future. Because every month or year, you see another far-right populist movement gaining even more power throughout Europe. Or in North America, or even in Brazil. Shout out to Rasmus Paludan. Yeah, or Bolsonaro, or Trump, or Le Pen, or Orban in Hungary, or whatever. Or piss in Poland. That, that's Excuse the me? Law, law and Order Party, mm. I believe is what they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. piss. But the, <laughs> the anarchist is piss. Anyway, and especially one thing is that when it's fringe far-right groups gaining more and more like power. But another issue you see now is that the center parties are moving to the right because they want in on that Muslim hate as well because they know they can get votes for it. So last year, 2018... The government, the Social Democrats, the Socialist People's Party, they all voted for a new law that's called the Ghetto Plan. Yeah. Which 
I haven't actually if heard about that. If you've not heard about it, yeah, go it on, is basically it. the closest step Denmark has ever drawn to fascism <laughs> ever since we abolished forcibly sterilizing handicapped people. And we not forcibly sterilized handicapped people? We did that until the 70s. We forcibly sterilized people with Down syndrome. Um, that's very sort of interesting. Yeah. yeah. We've also abducted Inuit children, but that's not what we're going to get into today. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go The point on. is... The contents of the ghetto plan is essentially we need a Denmark without parallel societies. And what I want to bring up here yep. is actually an article uh, by Vinskeptiko, where they, and I can provide a total list of links at the end of the episode or put it in the description or whatever you want. But yep. like Vinskeptiko and a lot of other articles that I've seen, they dispute the idea that parallel society is an academical term that we can use to understand the law of Muslims in Denmark. And I'm going to talk a little bit about parallel societies and ghettos, and then I'm going to get to the contents of the ghetto plan and why it's bad. Okay. So, the first thing is that like parallel society was not invented by academics. It was not invented by researchers or societal analysts. It was invented in the early 2000s by far-right politicians from Dets Folkeparti, who kept using the term parallel society. Over time, when the far-right gained more and more mainstream, specifically in 2010 it started out, um, the term parallel society became more frequently utilized by mainstream Danish politicians and the Danish press at large. But a lot of researchers and scientists, as, as Vinscape the quote, aka science.dk, claims, they, they say that it's not really a useful term to describe Muslims in the book. Um, yeah, cool. Especially because they mentioned that, number one, the thing is that like when the government, that there has never, before 2018, there was never a unified attempt by anyone to put out a definition of when do we have a parallel society. The general sense seems to be that, oh, it's something when you have people who don't because of their mental or personal beliefs, they don't want to participate in Danish society or democracy. Yeah. Well, how do you measure that? The problem is that there has never been a standardized test where someone goes out and asks people, Hey, do you like democracy? Instead, what you have is analysis, an analysis by the government, a report from 2018, which was disputed by Vinskeptiko, wherein they say, oh, these areas have X amount of Muslim immigrants living in them, or as they use the term, non-Western immigrants. And then from that, they conclude, oh, these must be parallel societies. But, but often in a lot of those... Non-Western immigrants, Western, are we talking America or a little bit no, more Western Europe? Non-Western... Western in this context, West in the West in this context refers to Europe, North America, Australia, the general idea of the West, not people, not okay, West so of Denmark. Not, okay, okay, so, so non-Western, so yeah, non-Western issues, fucking Eastern. Yeah, it's just Muslim. Yeah, very right. specifically. Perfect. Yeah. And what you see is that, like, in a lot of the the places that have been called ghettos, what you have is yes, you might have a lot of people who don't aren't employed, or they might not, they might be living on welfare, but. Often, those are actually places where more people vote, where more people participate in democracy. And what you also see is that most of those places, the people who actively commit crimes compromise a strong and active, but a small part of the community. To the extent that some researchers have even suggested that ghetto is a misleading term to yeah. describe some of the places we have in Denmark. Exactly. Because if you look at ghettoization in America or other places, or Brazil, South Africa, those places... Those ghettos are way more intense, um, you know? Yeah, but, but right. typically, right, <clears throat> the, the, the thing about the, the Danish politics, right, just politics generally now, just in 2019 especially, it's it's about mud throwing, it's about who talked the loudest. Sorry, yeah. if you have one particular, not necessarily a bigger group, but like a small group, one particular group that shouts a lot, that are very loud, very outgoing. So, yeah, you know what I mean, right? 
that you're going to hear that opinion way more and it's going to feel like they're very influential whereas yeah. they really aren't that big of a deal but they make themselves seem like that big of a deal, which can sort of propel the debate a little yeah. bit but yeah go on sorry i just oh. wanted to <coughs> to bring up that dispute with the term parallel society yep because I felt you used it very frequently in your previous episodes talking about it. I did specifically. I, yeah. I used it a lot. Um, and then the other thing I want to bring up is the ghetto plan. So what is the ghetto plan? The ghetto plan was first announced in, I believe, the 2017, the, the January 1st, 2018, uh, New Year's speech by Prime Minister, member of the Liberal Party, Lars Løkke Rasmussen. Oh, infamous for, Yeah, infamous Skål. for his uh, s- several corruption cases. And his uh, very public consumption of alcohol. Um, right. Regardless, <laughs> what Lars proposed was in that uh, in that speech was he said we have to have a Denmark without parallel societies, and we were all sitting there. Great, Lars. How are you going to do that? So he proposed the ghetto plan, which was a few, which half a year ago was accepted by um, government, like all of Parliament, and is now not all of Parliament, but the majority of Parliament and is now going to be, over time, implemented in Denmark. So the plan is, number one, um, the vast majority of buildings in so-called ghettos are to be bulldozed down or sold off. In other words, the people who live in those areas are not to be allowed to live there anymore. Oh, actually, I heard about... Because the physical buildings are to be removed or sold. It's literally the most... It's literally probably the dumbest thing that Vinster could have come up with, right? And look, that's just sort of those three parties, right? Because holy shit. When I heard that the first time, thank you for bringing it up, Jacob. Um, You're welcome. When I heard that the first time, I was like, how the fuck are you going to make... Like, it doesn't make any sense. Because if you bulldoze down, uh, like, it is no secret that immigrants in general make less money in Denmark. Yeah. Because that's just the way the system works, right? But... If, if you just bulldoze, bulldoze down the buildings where they live, which are generally cheaper uh, yes. accommodations, and generally they live more people per square meter yeah. than Danish people, for example, where the fuck are they going to go? They're going to go to the next cheapest option, and they're just going to start a new ghetto. Exactly. It makes no fucking sense. And that's awful. I, I got so fucking pissed off when I heard that the I first time. I thought that was a particularly relevant point to make. Yeah, sorry, I don't no. know if it was you or if it was Simon. But previously in the podcast, someone said that they move together because their culture is different. And while I won't argue that that probably is a factor to an extent, yeah. it's also true as you brought up that um, what's the so-called Elminbolia, yeah. regular um, apartments, they are way cheaper. And because of that, uh, publicly built apartments are way cheaper. And because of the fact that Muslims make less money and often aren't necessarily employed, those are the buildings that they can afford to live in. Exactly. So it's a bigger socioeconomic problem of their of housing not being affordable to them. Yeah. That means that they're going to reassemble anyway. Exactly. And the way they're the and the way they're playing it to the media is that that uh, they're just like these group of Muslims. We need to stop these ghettos from falling because of a lot of violence and all that shit, right? Yeah. But you're not really fucking solving the issue. You no. just you're you're basically making it worse. For once, you're making the that group of people feel more uh, targeted. Yes. And second of all, the whole ghetto issue is not fucking solved because. As I said earlier, they're just going to move on to the next cheapest option. Yes. It makes no fucking sense. And yeah, sorry. Uh, I also want to bring up with that is that there are other parts of the plan that I also think are equally as bad, which is that there have been so-called proposed curfews oh, yeah. in, the, in these ghetto areas. Oh. And there's also been the proposal of the like, and when I say proposed, I mean, this is what the plan consists of. There also is supposed to be double punishment zones. 
Let that sink in. Yeah. They have defined ghettos as areas with X amount of Muslim people living in them. This sounds Com- a lot like 1939 exactly. Germany. I'm not going to lie, yeah. boys. <laughs> and in those areas, the police are allowed to raise the, p- the punishments of arrest orders. This is literally just... It's discrimination. Yeah. And, it ha- and the, for the same reason, the ghetto plan has been condemned by I mean, the UN as ineffective and as racist. It is very fucking... It's leaning a lot on the fascist ideology that were implemented yes. a couple of years back when a naughty boy mm. did a little bit of the dirty with... Uh, exactly. Yeah, also another... Little, yeah, and on. what I want to bring up with that is that that's what... <laughs> that is what keeps me awake at night. Yeah. This is what I hear and I think this is what makes Denmark not Denmark anymore. Yes. This is what is the main threat to our political democracy because criminals, migrants... Muslims, they don't have, you know, strong voting power in the same way that fascistic policies or far-right groups have. And that's the thing is that because of that, far-right groups or far-right policies being adopted by centrist parties will always be a bigger threat to our democracy that we have to be more aware of. Also, um, just a side note, really, on, on just Danish politicians in general, they just really what I've seen in the last past 10 years or so, no probably not 10 probably 5 more likely where I've actually sort of uh, just sort of followed the scene I, I don't really feel like politicians do jack shit or at least they don't do the things that they promised to do when they got in right so combine that with these plans right and you're not going to have a very effective use of time within the parliament and it's just not going to work out for the best I mean this ghetto plan could in perspective in, in it could work but, th- I mean, it could. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good fucking plan, but yeah. it could work, right? But it's just not going to work because of the way they're executing it and also the, just the specific details of the plan in itself. It's just not going to work. Um, and what I also lastly want to bring up is that I am not going to stand here and say that we don't have issues with some gangs of young, Muslim, of young men of immigrant background committing crime. Mm. I'm not going to say that we don't have an issue with some people living off welfare way longer than they should. I'm not going to say that there aren't, let's say, socially bad places in Denmark. and that Because I believe we need to have a responsible policy, uh, policies to meet those things. Mm. And the problem is that punishment, tearing down their homes, and increasing the police presence doesn't work no what you need is stronger institutions stronger schools and a more responsible policy towards educating and providing opportunities in those contexts definitely you need need to get people into you know you need youth possibilities you need people to be playing football instead of going over and joining gangs essentially yes Mm. and the thing is that when you cut down on government spending and just focus on on strong police presences and turn down the ghettos you don't solve the issue. No, you're just making it even worse because exactly. these now these kids, right? They're gonna actually. My dad made a very fucking quite impressive point the other day. He talked about um, the uh, the uh, transformation from youth violence and crime, which is sort of very. I mean, who really gives a shit, right? Sorry to say it, but that's just how it is. To adolescence crime, there's a very big fucking difference, right? Because if you're 13 or 14, you just do some dumb shit. Like, I don't know. I mean, steal bike or something. It's really not that big a deal. But this crime, right, it transfers into adolescence crime, which can be stealing from fucking shops, uh, mm-hmm. robbery, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Aggressive. And, and, and increasing police presence is not going to work because they're just going to be raised with the fact that 
these people are here to do bad things against you, right? So you're obviously going to have a very aggressive attitude towards police and towards government officials and stuff like that, which is exactly the opposite of what we want. So, yeah. I mean, it's a really good point. I think if you look at African-American culture, yeah. there's often this sense of the police being an occupying force in the ghetto. Definitely. But they're not your friend who's there to help you against the gang members, but that they're as bad as the gang members. And exactly. I think that's, the issue is that I think people who are not marginalized... We don't often think of the idea that we could be scared by the police or that we could think the police are bad people because they're not, they don't have heavy presences in our communities. Mm. And I think that's, that's the issue that people who of marginalized background can feel is that when there is a very strong police presence, then kids feel as an occupation. And exactly. As a, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah. You, have a, you had a point, Simon. <laughs> Why is it that people who don't live in these so-called ghettos yeah. are not the ones are the ones making the policies to fix them. That's a good point. Why isn't it the insight? That's like... No, no, I get, I get Simon's point is that like yeah, I get potentially too, yeah. that you, should have, you should consult the people who are living in the ghettos, who are driving institutions in the ghettos, who have, you know, who have experience working mm. with them. Yeah, definitely. And I believe that was also another point that the people criticized that, that like uh, Enos Liston, the Red Green Alliance, as they're called in English, criticized this plan for is that there was a lack of consultation with people who have experience with these environments. Mm. Uh, just to mention, I believe that there are only three parties who voted against this uh, yes. this plan. Yep. Listen, the Red Green Alliance, Radikale Venstre, the Social Liberal Party, and Altansio, the alternative, the Danish Greens. Mm. Um, just to put that into the perspective of how fucked up our political climate is. <laughs> um, our political climate is... And yeah. that's, that's just what I want to put into perspective, because that, to me... Yeah, I think I've said most what I want to say, which is just that... I, I remember I was watching a comedy show... Um, <laughs> yesterday it's called uh, War, Terror and Other Fun Things mm-hmm. by a Danish Egyptian comedian called Omar Masuk and oh. he, very fun lad yeah. <laughs> very fun um, don't always agree with his jokes about men are like this and women are like this but most of the time I think his jokes are very funny yes. anyway he made a point where he said I think and this was back in 2005 like right about the time of the Iraq war and he said I think one of the cool things about Danes is that you're so open and I, I used to believe that about Danes. I used to be proud of that fact of being like, wow, we're an open country. And and gradually, I just feel like that value is being eroded and government policy, policy is doing its best to destroy mm. it. And I thought that was why I needed to come on the podcast here because I just wanted to make very clear that immigrants are not the biggest threat to Danish democracy. Definitely not. Far-right populism is the biggest threat. I was actually about to say, Danish, Danish democracy. democracy is the biggest threat yeah, to, to Danish, Danish democracy. democracy. Um, and the fact, the thing about that is, right, I also thought at one point when I was a little bit younger that, that the Danes were very open and stuff like this, but then you come to the IB, actually, it, it, it was very clear for me in the IB when I talked to people from other countries and I, I, I linked up with a friend from USA, like, we're not very fucking open people, we're actually very sort of, yeah. we're very sort of, um, we're not socially awkward, but we're socially awkward in comparison to other countries, such as yeah. the USA, which are, they do have groups that just like, they do have like smaller amounts of groups that really don't like uh, outside people, but generally they're way more open and, I, and very more accepting. I uh, also thought that a problem with Denmark very often when you look at welfare policy and when you look at immigration policy is that mm. we just have this image of, oh, Denmark has the Scandinavian model. We're open. We have good welfare. We have good democracy. We're open towards everyone. And I think very often Danes, they just go like, Oh yeah, we fulfill that 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 image, this myth that we have in our head. Hmm. So therefore, we don't have to think critically of what's actually happening in politics and whether that like image is being eroded. Yeah. Um, 
That's actually a very yeah. good fucking point. Yeah, I like that. I second that point. Um, and then I also just like the last thing I want to bring up uh, is that um, if people in the West don't like people coming to their countries, maybe they should stop bombing their countries. Uh, like school to was it? That's the, that's the thing is that like very often we think of like the bombing of the Middle East as a truly American thing, but what you got to remember is Europe. Big parts of Europe is allied with America. Yeah, mm. and big part. So in Germany right now, and in France, Britain, they fund um, Islamic extremists fighting in the Syrian civil war. Oh yeah, but and we, they also yeah. fund Saudi Arabia, who funds fund other terrorist organizations throughout the region. And what you can often see is that to America and to big parts of the West, what we care about isn't democracy. What we care about is having friendly allies and friendly governments. What we care in about the Middle East. Uh, I feel like. Our politics on, on foreign politics in a lot of European countries that work together with USA is actually sort of very the war dog mentality, yeah, right? Exactly. The fact that you're not necessarily helping to, uh, uh you're helping to sort of acclimatize uh, countries for violence. Yeah. In, in the fact that you're you're preying on on violence to to turn a profit, and this especially has come through in a lot of the recent years. I, I, I'd, I'd hate mentioning USA too much, but USA really has had a war dog mentality for a long time. It's yeah. only gotten worse with Trump. Yeah. He's only gotten an increased military spending. Yes. The fucking nobbing. And the present and, yeah. and the presence of US uh, funding you, in Saudi Arabia and yeah, Yemen. Definitely. And this yeah. might be controversial, but oh. could you almost argue that the US military in the US is kind of like a welfare system? I be think, what do you mean? Continue. Okay, because... They've been to, they've been at war pretty much the entire existence of the nation. Yes. Right? Yeah. There have been very few peace times, but um, they have the biggest military still, correct? And yeah, there is, I think it's five times larger or twenty-five times larger, some shit like that. It's the next the one is very yeah, big. It's by far the biggest. The U.S. military they fund a lot of industries. They they are they buy a lot of contracts yeah. at like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and so on. They um, provide healthcare to the veterans. You, they offer a job to millions of Americans, young Americans. They are definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, can you actually just reach into my book? I, uh, into my uh, yeah. uh, bag. I have a book about that actually. Yeah. So I'm this just one, gonna, this one, yeah. Um, I was actually, yeah. yeah I, I was gonna follow up on Simon's point. That's actually yeah. very fucking true because I saw this um, episode about. Oh, you're not gonna like this, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. Um, it was one of those free sort of big. It was. It was fucking, oh, what was it? I think it was Ben Shapiro who was talking about it. And, uh, so I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, wait, wait, wait. Controversial but, figure. But, but yeah, he was, what the fuck was your point? Uh, repeat something, I fucking forgot my point now. The, the, the stimulus in the American economy provided by the military industrial complex, I think was what Simon was talking about. Uh, yeah, like the military is big and then they, they filter into big parts of the economy, which provides yeah. a stimulus for the American economy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, it's it's just that very nationalistic mindset, right? It, it's it's just the way I think that Americans... Uh, that's actually not what I fucking wanted to say. Uh, oh. I don't remember my original <laughs> point. You can continue on. Great. <laughs> so, what I wanted to say, actually, is yeah, I have a book on, right here by Noam Chomsky, yeah. wonderful anarchist thinker, and he's written a book called How the World Works. Yes. And what he talks about it is that very often we portray the US as like, oh, the free uh, market paradise of the world. But what he goes into is that actually the US through the military industrial complex and big other parts of government spending, they subsidize a lot of industries. They subsidize the military. Yeah. And often they actually filter into like almost state funding a lot of big primary industries. Uh, but 
because as well because that the US that the US is often dependent on the idea of securing resources in other countries for foreign markets. Like very often the US will say, Oh, you're gonna nationalize your oil or your natural gas resources? Can't have that. That needs to be open and free so that US investors can go in. So then they'll either topple local leaders like they did in Chile, uh, on 9-11 in 1970, I want to say, um, or as they've done in Iraq, uh, Afghanistan. Argentina, Afghanistan, Italy, Greece, uh, gosh, where else? Northern. Northern. North, you, yeah. could, you could speculate. Guatemala, El Salvador, yeah. tried to do in Venezuela in 2002 yeah. and are doing to a certain extent now. Yeah. Um, Honduras. Oh gosh, what else? Haiti, Dominican Republic. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Try to do in Cuba. Like what I'm saying, the list goes on and on and on. America yes. has an imperialist problem. Very. But my main point that I wanted to bring, why I was bringing up that in the first place, is that uh, an argument that I often hear by far right populists is, why aren't the Muslim Brother countries providing you know places for these refugees? What about uh, the United Arab Emirates or Saudi Arabia or uh, Qatar? And what you fail to understand is that like. Those countries are often the people funding the Islamic rebels yep. in Syria, for example. And that's not to say that I think Assad should stay at all. I think the 2011 protests and following attempted a revolution, I think that's a legitimate political movement. But if you look at what America wanted and the West wanted out of that, they wanted a friendly power in the region. So they funded some of the worst possible um, movements in Syria, mm. which fucked it up majorly. Um, Yes, but I think I've I've come with all my points about the the threat to democracy and immigrants, and I I think what's nice as well is that I think we 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 figured out that we were maybe closer than we thought we were yeah. in our opinions. Yeah. So uh, I think an unfortunate conclusion to the discussion is that only a couple people are going to hear these arguments because they are as valid as they come, and I don't think the average danish person really understands the listens whole, uh, to your podcast what <laughs> i think i think they would understand but they don't think about that the biggest threat to democracy is democracy itself yep and as jacob has said it's not immigrants by any measure that are causing these anti-democracy policies it is right wing right wing parties which is to a some extent to a, a reply to immigration but not directly and not in not in any way that's fair to say and we've seen this not in any way legitimate at yeah, least, yeah and we've seen this historically and i think unfortunately we're seeing this in denmark in poland and hungary in sweden and germany everywhere and the only way to combat this is enlightenment <laughs> we need to all understand what's going on because mm. My opinion hasn't changed during this course of the podcast, but my view has, mm. kind of, and my understanding has. So. Definitely, yeah. Um, I would also say, as for some good anti-fascist tactics, I think... <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, on, and I'm, on, I'm not going to say go out and punch every Nazi you can find, but if a Nazi punches you, punch back. No, that was the <laughs> main point is, like, what What actually... Can you hand me the book, or is it here? Like, yeah. yeah. What Mark there. Bray talks about in Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook, is that... The main big hard work of anti-fascism isn't going to protest. It isn't like getting into fights with far-right people. The main hard work is you have to do is that you need to like address the issues that the far-right is addressing. Because the far-right is saying, hey, 
we have economic problems. Hey, welfare is being lowered. Hey, there are no jobs here. And then they're providing a reason for those problems. So what we need is to build a political movement that is able to come with the same responses to the, the, those really valid questions. Because the center does not seek to answer those questions. The center essentially keeps things the way it's always been to yes. their benefit. So we need to build a movement that is willing to address those questions and that can do that in a good way and come with responsible policy. And I, I hope, I don't think it's very likely, but I hope that something of that nature can show its face at the elections in a few months. Um, yeah, so. I, I, I definitely second that notion. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, well. Should we go into discussing Marxism now? Well, or has the podcast gone on for far too long? Or well, we, we, we could, or we is this going to be a long boy? We had the time limit, and well, there is no limit, but we're at like the we're, the, we're almost at the two hour mark, I think. This is the longest podcast we've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say we could go into discussing communism, political ideologies, but I don't know about Sack, but I personally don't have a very good understanding yes exactly and yes. i also don't have a strong opinion about it. exactly you could you could make arguments saying oh well marxism provides this and this and maybe it hasn't worked in practice but there are examples where it has yes. and if it's implemented correctly it does work and then i can say oh that sounds great but i don't know any i don't know we i don't i'm, I'm on this definitely the same wavelength for some i don't actually yeah. know a whole lot about communism i know i know i know often know its policies i know where it's sort of worked and where it hasn't but i don't i feel like if we go into uh, a big debate about that um i feel like it's going to be very very loose and very lackluster it's going to be thinking. very one-sided yes definitely. i get that yeah uh and i also think that's the issue with having a nuanced discussion about it is that when we were taught about in schools and history we often just hear the Oh, it was just problematic, or oh, it's a good idea, but it Shout didn't work. Shout out to Stuart and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that there is often a very lacking discussion about the nuance of the radical left, or the, the many different approaches. Because often, what most people bring up is the Soviet Union. That's yeah. the one big boy example, right? But there are yeah, also and Venezuela as well. Yeah, yeah. which people have often. I'm not going to go very much into that because the conditions in Venezuela right now are long and controversial and i'm not an expert but i will say that i feel like the western conception of it is very simplified yes yeah, yeah. and it often and like but main point is like like there is often a lack of understanding of nuance of the very different attempts that we have of leftist radicalism like most people who talk about communism they will not bring up anarcho-communism which was practiced by anarchists in Spain, in Ukraine, mm -hmm. in, I would say, uh, Chiapas in Mexico. The Zapatistas have been doing that, and they're still going. And then, to a certain extent, the in Rojava, the Kurdish militias are also attempting to implement a form of anarcho-communism in northern Syria. And those are just not brought up. And I think... I'm not just going to stay here and say, and therefore I am right. Mm. End of discussion. But what I am going to say is that I think that there is a lag of political education about the radical left and about attempting and communitarian ideologies and attempts. Definitely. And I think that would potentially make this a bit of a, a boring discussion, maybe. Because uh -huh. I would just say, this is what Marxism is. And you would say, huh. Cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> very fucking nice. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think often when people don't have a very nuanced understanding of it, it comes down to a few arguments. Number one is, but what about the Soviet Union? Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're just saying that wasn't real communism? You you know, like the no true Scotland's argument is mm. often what I'm faced with. And then number three, but what about Venezuela? Or what about human nature? And like, 
it would just be nice, I think, if we had to have a more nuanced discussion. So I totally get if you don't want to do that right now. Um, and maybe you want to save it for a future podcast. Or You're welcome to come on later again. I'm definitely down to save it for a future podcast. Um, yeah. Because I've, I've had a, I think we had a productive time here. And I would, I would love to come on a future podcast. Uh, big fan of the show. Been so since the very beginning. Uh, <laughs> Number one fan. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Fuck you, Casper. Knock you off the throne. Ooh. Ooh. Casper, uh, you trying to no. square up real quick, bro? Keep, keep good, bro. Actually, <laughs> I think we should finish this off in the same way that you finished all previous podcasts, which is advertising Casper. It's Valentine's Day. If you're lonely, yes. looking for a man, yes. Casper is... In USA. Unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but he's also bald, so... Yeah, he also has cancer. He also has literally leukemia. So uh, this is a change in attitude towards Casper. I feel shame. no, but yeah. I mean, no, if I you want to fuck Casper, he's good to go. But uh, I just don't think it's okay to flex on people who want to go to the United States like he's been doing. He's like, <laughs> oh, long flight ahead. Like, oh, too bad, huh? <laughs> sad, to, bro. God he bless that him. Shit so goddamn. I'm oh, sad to hear it. <laughs> I hope it was okay. Not that you. In New Mexico, no, I mean, like, I mean, if you are ever going to USA, you have to flex. I feel like you have to. If it, I feel like if I went to fucking New York right now, I never upload to my Instagram. Oh, but I, I would definitely have at least three pictures mm. within a week's time. Yep. I thought you were gonna say if you want to go to America, you have to fuck Casper. <laughs> no, but that that's also very true. That's though. also true. If you have to go to America, you have to fuck Casper. There are two conditions: post on social media <laughs> and have sexual and intercourse Casper. with Casper. Yeah. Yeah. And consensual as well. Yep. Yeah, I did the same when I went to London. Like I posted a few Fuck pictures. Casper. Oh, can I ask a question real quick? This reminds me because if we talk about what? consent, um, I'm gonna flex a little bit. D- and Jacob. No, you know, not, it's I'll a no it. flex song. I'm sorry. You've done it twice already. By the so. great words of the prophet Reisremud. Sack. <laughs> go on, go do on. you know what the word third wave feminism means? Third wave feminist. Oh, because you want to talk to me about fucking? I don't third- want to talk about feminism. I'm but not I just going like, into that. No, I'm not. Even, I just feel I'm like very often you just say third wave feminism and you don't describe what it means or what it is. I know what, what it is. It, it, I know. I know what it is, Jacob. Okay. I know, I, okay. Let's that, let, let's say that for a future podcast. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's been wonderful having you, Jacob. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful being here. I think we're about reaching our cap of me having drinking a little bit too much wine and uh, Simon being bored yeah <laughs> uh so simon do you want to end, end it off like a treat like you always do all right well thank you everyone for listening to our podcast thank and you. uh uh we'll have jacob on later thank you for coming on you're very welcome loved being here yep uh jacob he cleared up a lot of uh yep so we'll see you next time bye-bye bye-bye